Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big Broadcast, episode number 285. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out December 2nd, 2015. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week, since it's the end of the month, we are taking a look back at some of the comic books that came out over the month of November in our monthly look-back segment. And for that, we will be looking at Black Knight number one. Uh, We're going to look at the Mighty Thor number one. Mighty Thor number one. I'm sorry, I I just read all of these books, and we just discussed it. Mm -hmm. Mighty Thor number one, Black Knight number one. Nova number one. Spider-Woman number one. Yep, that'd be it. That's it, okay. That's, I, it's okay. I need to get a notebook, John. You know why? You, you you probably after the intro you get a little parched, right? And you yeah, just you usually. know then start stumbling on your own words because you're so parched. So I think you, what you need to do is take a sip of something, Chris. Okay, hold on. Let me let me just get yeah. this here. Get that and there. And give it a little give it a little swirl around your palate. You know, you know, libation it up. You know, loosen up, man. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. ready to speak now. Thank oh, you. Paul. See. See, there's a tip. How is it? What are you drinking? What what um, what is helping you so much? Kind of talking last week about just seasonal beers because I was drinking pumpkin beers for a little bit. Um, starting to drink like the holiday beers now. Since Florida doesn't really have seasons, I'm kind of missing that. And so the only way I can actually experience that is through like what I drink, and I'm missing the fall uh, weather. So. I've kind of gone into cider mode. Mm. Uh, just something about a nice, sweet, crisp cider reminds me of like nice fall day, uh, fall nights. Uh, so I picked up five ciders from Original Sin. Mm. Uh, a horrible they, you know, I really uh, Marvel like crossover. And why not? And they are out of Cape Canaveral, Florida. And the oh. first one I'm starting off with is just their base cider, um, just Original Sin hard cider. And it's good. It's a little bit more of like a wine than a cider. Hmm. It just kind of has that nice tart dryness to it. Okay. Um, I like it. It's not something I could probably drink a whole six pack of, but just to kind of get that cider ball rolling, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's nice. Good base for the cider. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think what I would put it at on Untapped because I haven't checked into it yet, and it's a you know probably a. Solid like 2.75, 2.5. It, it's good, it's drinkable, but it's not something I'd seek out. Um, honestly, like, I'd probably go for like one of the Woodchuck or an Angry Orchard, just like flavored cider before this one, but it's it, it's a good starting point. Um, is the, the company's called Original Sin? Yep. Because it says here on, on tap that they're out of New York, New York. Oh, there might be another one called Original oh, Sin. Oh, bottled in Cape Canaveral, Florida, under authority for, of Original Sin Corp, New York, New York. Okay, uh, that makes. So yeah, that would be why. Okay, I was just was cause I'm looking them. up because the name sounded so familiar, and because uh, I know we get that up here. Oh, I don't know. What are we drinking, John? We are drinking a something, collaboration of that we get up here, two right? uh, Vermont breweries. Oh. This is from Lawson's Finest Liquors and um, Otter Creek. And this is Double or Nothing 
barley wine. Mm-hmm. This is a barley wine aged on maple wood, brewed with Vermont maple syrup. And this is this an, sounds wonderful. This is a nice, sweet barley wine. It is nice and sweet. Uh, once I got acclimated, my palate got acclimated to the sweetness. I pick up a lot more of the barley notes now. Like before, the first couple sips, I'm like, oh, that's 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 sweet maple that's sweet. syrop. It tastes like, like like mm. raw maple syrup. I'm like, like, oh, this is so good. I I never have maple syrup because my wife is afraid that she's pre-diabetic. So you know, we don't have that kind of stuff in the house. Well, Paul, you can have syrup though. What am I gonna like? What am I gonna do with a bunch of syrup? On Just the- be like, hey, I've got all this syrup here. This is for Paul, not you. <laughs> like I'm gonna make pancakes for myself. <laughs> yeah, honey, I'm making pancake. I'm making pancakes. I'm having you pancake. Eat, eat this piece of carrot without <laughs> alone. Syrup on it. Who does that? Carrots are good. I mean, they're better with syrup on them, though. Like, just saying. I love syrup and carrots. Uh, you mix it. You make a carrot cake with maple syrup. That's how you do it, right? Throw it, some cranberries in there. Good. This beer is really delicious. Mm-hmm. Really smooth. I could drink a whole bottle of this and like not. It would go down so easy. Mm-hmm. The big problem is it's ten point five percent. It's not that huge full mouth blast barley wine that chew, there is no chewing here no. on the barley. It is light uh, and mouthfeel. It's got a creaminess texture mm-hmm. to it that makes it nice and smooth. Very little bubbles, very little carbonation. Yeah, but man, that sweetness up front you can get used to it. So it's not that overpowering sweetness that hits you every time you take a sip. You you just kind of it's just that mellow. It's just mellow throughout. Yeah. And man, this that's ten is... percent might mellow me right on. <laughs> Who knows? Well, we got three big boys here, yep. so we're gonna be well, uh, we're okay, you know, three afternoon. big boys, five medium boys. Like I, it could be a fun show. It could yeah. be a fun show. Yeah. You should you should stop and do a couple shots, Chris, and catch up to us. <laughs> Drinking in the afternoon. Like, and just like full disclosure. Um, I think a big part of the reason why I was kind of just like fumbling over my words and what books were to it before is uh, I work in retail for those that don't know or, you know, might not have heard me talk about it before. Uh, and this is like retail hell week mm-hmm. with Black Friday happening. And uh, But thank you so much for those Black Friday deals. You hey, know, you're, you're welcome. I, I'm responsible for all of them. Thank or at you least at so two much. different stores because uh, I do have two jobs. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, the ones that you've put together over at Amazon.com, amazing. Bagandboard.com oh, slash Amazon. Amazon being like, oh. can we do this? I hope we get some good money from all the Christmas shopping that I'm doing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Those canning supplies, though, you know, I mean, I had to work extra hard for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, good beer. Mm-hmm. Like it. Uh, why good don't we... beer and uh, some good movie trailers coming out. That's right. Uh, going over to the Marvel, the Week in Geek. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to think of what that was called. I never talk about it. Uh, we had the Civil War trailer uh, unveiled, mm-hmm. and it looks good. Yeah, it it does look good, John. It looks really good. It has uh, some setups. Uh, one notable thing that people are trying to point out, and you're like, yeah, duh, is uh. There's a scene where uh, Thunderbolt, uh, General Thunderbolt, slides over that big old stack of paperwork. <laughs> and they're saying, yeah, that's the Superhero uh, Registration Act, basically. And that's, Yeah, it so, says, like, the Sokovia Accord on it. Which is the country that Ultron lifted out of the ground and was going to then drop on the Earth. 
Um, so it seems like... They- and honestly, like, I'm excited for, you know, Cap and Iron Man fighting each other, but Paul really wants to get into the nitty, like, like gritty oh. details of just, like, yeah. the paperwork. Oh, that... Pa- Did he see Paul's that stack? filing the movie. Oh. Get Jarvis on, you know, breaking that down for us, like, really putting out the key points about jurisdiction and whether or not if... Uh, if countries can support the, some superheroes and whether or not uh, they're jur- they then have jurisdiction only in their territories, or or if they're on a ship that is flying their flag, if they have jurisdiction in international waters. At well, that point. I'm already bored. And guys, uh, guys, what if and what I would be stationed in an embassy. I really want to interrupt you because uh, what about Black Panther? We finally got to see him yeah, moving suit. around. The suit looks awesome. Uh, that, was, that silver color, like the silver accents they have on it, mm-hmm. like line? probably yeah. vibranium, like those things just like really pop out. Like it looks awesome. Yeah, they look like they light up. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to someone and they're like, did you see how fast he ran? Like he, he like, looks like down he's, cars. he's running really fast. And I'm like, he's a panther. Black like Panther. I'd, I'd buy it. <laughs> uh, He's like a jungle cat. <laughs> it's jungle cat speed. <laughs> I, I have to say, like this probably isn't my favorite trailer of like Marvel movies so far. Um, it throws a lot, yeah. It has, it has some great moments though. Just when you see like the new Avengers kind of like coming together and like running, Cap and Bucky fighting Iron Man. That was so cool. And, and then throwing the shield. Back and Iron forth. Man delivering that gut punch of uh, so was I. That was the line. John that, and I that's were the one about. that really did it. Like yeah. I was going to see this movie before, but that Bucky's that my friend. So it's like this isn't so just I. going to be like that knockdown, drag out superhero fight. Like this is an emotional. You are going to see those rifts. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and it, I, I mean, we probably have because um, we know that Crossbones mm-hmm. is going to be in it, so we know we're going to something is setting up Bucky to look like he's done something to really push mm-hmm. all this stuff forward. So is it Hydra? Is it something else going on? There's definitely going to be a lot of other stuff in this movie. And um, Paul's excited for the paperwork. Oh, so much paperwork. <laughs> I'm excited for, you know, all the fun stuff with the, <laughs> with the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is really going to look good. I'm excited for this. Uh, and Something like people have been discussing too is like, oh, they didn't show Spider Man. They didn't show Spider Man. I kind of don't want them to. I want yeah. that to be like the cool little like surprise of the movie because I mean everyone mm-hmm. knows he's going to be in it. I yeah. really hope they're able to kind of keep him under wraps. Um, John just looked at me with disdain because I had apparently a drop or two left in my glass of that last <laughs> beer. No, that was me looking up and like, oh, Paul, you can segue into your Spider Man. Yeah. That's what that looked oh, like. Oh, okay. I thought like, it was distinct. Hey, yeah, because your news, your news you Paul, had. Paul, are you, are you not used to other people setting the table? Is I'm not it? used to it, but thank you guys. Uh, yeah, because Spider-Man, Tom Holland, uh, the kid that is playing Spider-Man in the new Sony film, who has done sh- uh, shots with Civil War Captain America down in Atlanta, Georgia. And he just confirmed that Spider-Man is going to continue to film in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, with an interview with, uh, it looks like, a comic book resources. He talks about that and also, you know, his uh, whole secret identity thing, being Peter Parker. And whether or not, uh, uh, oh, he was talking to Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy Kimmel Live on Monday. Uh, so, it wasn't Jimmy Fallon, so Paul Yeah, I didn't, didn't catch it. it. No, I don't catch it. Did you see that great 
great holiday song uh, song montage that Jimmy Fallon did with uh, Rashida Jones and Queen Latifah. So good. That guy's so talented. Was this recent or was this back when Taxi came out? No, this is this is <laughs> this was this for this year. No. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. I guys, like, I like Rashida Jones though, so I yeah. I could check this out. She he did it uh, last year with Rashida Jones as well. This time he added the Queen. Yeah, this time he added the Queen Latifah. Yeah. And I will say this, like for how much crap that I know I give Jimmy Fallon and you for liking him, Paul, I don't dislike him. It's just one of those things that I can pick on you for, like your oh. cruise, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, your Tom Hanks hatred, too. Well, Tom Hanks, I've never said I didn't like him. I like a lot of his movies, The Burbs. <laughs> I swear you said you didn't like him. I like The Burbs. No, I'm pretty sure you said I you just didn't. say that okay. just because he's in a movie doesn't make That's it an automatic draw thing, for me to go watch it. Like it. And sometimes Tom Hanks is just Tom Hanks. Like, there's no way I'm going to go sit through... Uh, what's the survivor? What's the, the, the guy being lost on the Castaway? Island? Castaway. I'm not going to sit you know, Did you no, see Castaway? Because it's two hours of me watching Tom Hanks be Tom Hanks. What, no, you're not. What, Castaway is super good. And then he's really then he's cast away again, but this time in an airport. Big deal. I did don't you, care. Did you I'm see that gonna, one? No. That one was never good. It was okay. <laughs> I like it. He plays... Turner and Hooch. Awesome. I'll watch Turner and Hooch. Joker, this is a volcano. Seen it once. Don't need to see it again. That's where I get the hate. That's where I get the hate. It's stuff I'm like that. I'm surprised it's that movie that does it for you. It wasn't something like Captain Phillips or uh, Money Pit. I'm not going to watch that again. Oh, Money Pit's great. I don't like Money Pit. Ba- Bachelor really? Party. All right, you know. I like Bachelor Party. Yeah, but from the from the eighties or early nineties, Turner and Hooch, Big, and uh, the Burbs. Those are my Tom Hanks movies. Uh, episode title. Paul List Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else? Did you see Saving Private Ryan? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's a good one. But that's an ensemble thing. He is the lead, but it's a good ensemble cast. Apollo? Apollo 13 is great. Apollo 13 is really good. That one's great. That brings it to, I know how it's going to end, but I'm always in tears. Right. Um, Don't worry, honey. If my Jimmy, if they could make a washer machine fly, my Jimmy could figure out a way to land it. It's like, all right, old lady. My favorite line from that is, man, I picked a bad day to stop smoking. <laughs> no, that's airplane. Oh, darn it. Come on. Oh, How bad is I it when I'm quoting movies from, uh, and John doesn't get the book? Right? That was a joke, by the way, Paul. <laughs> Road to Perdition uh, was I good. My, one of my favorite lines from any movie, though, ever is, <laughs> do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> Oh no! Do you like movies about gladiators? What is it? Is obviously not my favorite line. That was a lie. That's that's a line from a fantastic uh, X Factor comic book. <laughs> talking to it was Guido talking to Shatterstar. So, so you like gladiator movies? There's a character named Guido. Strong yeah. guy. Oh, Strong Guido. guy. Guido. His name's Guido. He's an alien. He's an intergalactic bouncer. <laughs> Anyways, Tom Hanks. Hey, so, yeah, Tom Hanks does, does a lot of great movies, home. including the Toy Story franchise. I've seen Toy Story 1, really liked it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Toy Story 2. And from <laughs> what I heard about Toy Story 3 and how much, um, how emotional and how much, if uh, to steal an internet kid's phrase, feels it gives people, I'm not going to watch that. Because of the feelings. Because too much feels, yeah. Too much of the feelings. And too many emotions in that movie. So I can't do it. My heart just can't take it. Uh, 
But he's uh, reading the lines right now for Toy Story 4. Right now, in the studio somewhere. So he doesn't have Sundays off. Little known fact about Tom Hanks. He doesn't go to church. His work is what? his church. <laughs> I don't know if you can just throw that out there. Tom Hanks listens to the show. One, awesome. <laughs> Two, if he sues us for us saying that, that's just more publicity. It's a win-win. Win-win. We're going to have to start, like, upping everything after that. Like, we get sued, then we get, like got to be real controversial about stuff. More than, uh, Tom Hanks doesn't go to church. <laughs> goes to work, because work is his church. I don't think I said anything mean about Tom Hanks today. <laughs> this is so random. Toy Story 4. It's in production. I'm That's looking all I'm forward saying. to it. Set to hit theaters in 2018. So, yeah, he's I, reading lines now. Uh, I, have, uh, I haven't seen Good Dinosaur yet. That just came out on Thanksgiving. If, if, Rotten I, Tomatoes. reviews of it. Rotten Tomatoes, it had, like, a really high uh, rating on at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I, I, I haven't, like, read any reviews of it yet, just from, like, people that I know that have seen it. Like, it's like, oh, like, it looks really good. Like, the animation is beautiful, but... It's one of those movies that you can tell it had like trouble with the directors because I think they had like three different people working on it Ugh. like over the course of the like pre-production production of it. Still something I'm looking forward to seeing though because I mean <laughs> dinosaurs are awesome. Uh, Chris, so, I'm going to drop a little snippet about uh, who wrote Toy Story Four. Dinosaurs don't go to church. Wow, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that might make you a little bit more more excited to watch uh, Toy Story Four. It's uh the script is by Rashida Jones. I, I am aware. And uh, Will McCormack. I, I think she's a treasure. She, I didn't know she was a scriptwriter. That is amazing. She's a, a talented uh, actress because Parks and Rec and also The Office. So I've seen. Uh, yeah, I have seen some of The Office now. Do you like The Office? It's okay. Um, my only problem with The Office is, you know, I, I, at work, I totally hope that I'm Leslie Nope, but I am definitely afraid I'm Michael Scott. <laughs> you know. It's I'll, like one of those things where you uh, just watch that character and you're like, do I come across that way? My my question is, are you actually like, did you start from the beginning and you're watching The Office or have you seen just like episodes of it? Uh, Kate's been, Kate's watched it all the way through and she's now watching it again, you know, watching it through. Like, and so I catch like maybe one every three episodes. But I've okay. seen, I know I've seen all season two. I know I've seen all season three. And then I've, you know, then caught season four and five, you know, and I've seen the last episode like here and there. I, I definitely recommend actually sitting down and watching it all the way through because it is like just a crazy like oh it's quirky everyone's everyone's got things that they do kind of show mm-hmm. but there is a lot of heart behind it and what you like of um, Parks and Rec where you know yeah everybody is comes a together good person yeah. you do see that in the office too eventually get they get there because man the first like two seasons they're just awful people to each other. Yeah, I think that was just kind of more like mm-hmm. figuring out the show because honestly, like Michael Scott's the worst part of that show, like the first season. But then after they kind of like mm-hmm. figure out who he is, and then um, oh, what's what's his name? The actor, uh, Stephen uh, Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell. Once he figures out like who he is on the show, too, like it gets so much better. Just like. Once he becomes that well-meaning guy that's just not capable, like, 
there's some times in it where you're just like, oh, Michael Scott, you try so hard, but I feel so bad, and this is so awkward. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, like, that, shows like that, you need a little bit for everybody to get their footing. Like, it's like going from season one of Parks and Rec into season mm-hmm. two. You got to yeah. make it through season one, because after that, the writers, the actors, everybody gets it, and they get their traction, and they and they roll. Um, uh, something that will not be getting traction is our Fantastic Four 2 movie. Mm, what a good uh, segue. It was slated for uh, June 9th, 2017. Uh, Fox has removed that date, and now it just says to be announced. Uh, TBA. The movie worldwide made $162 million. Uh, the budget for the movie was 120. So it only made forty million, which something like that. You put that money in, you're expecting a lot more. Uh, oh yeah. If you look at like Ant Man, mm-hmm. which uh, what it came back with like seven hundred million dollars worldwide, if not more. Uh, you know, so <laughs> understandably, not uh, not going to get the sequel. Still have not seen Ant Man. Oh, you're missing out. Paul, that, nice. that's the movie. That, I know. Are your, are, Heist. Captain America 2 uh-huh. and Ant-Man are the movies made for you. Captain America 2 was awesome. I still love Captain America yeah. 2. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite of the kind. That, Captain America 2, and then it's uh, Dark Knight, uh, you know, with the Joker and everything. Those are my top two comic book movies right now. And then still probably Incredibles is up there. Because I, I always forget to list them because I know it's not a comic book movie, but they really belong in my top five. Because it is the I, Fantastic it, Four it is, movie that we want. It's the best Fantastic Four movie we've ever got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ant-Man, by the way, uh, foreign, made $338 million total gross. And uh, domestically made $179 million, So... It's up there in the almost five, and you know, in the five million dollars. Does it say what its budget was? Uh, summary. Let's go to summary. Does not show me the. Uh, no, does not show me oh. the budget. Sorry. Oh well. Wah, wah. Uh, finishing up on Marvel movie news. This is everything that I got. Um, James Con James Gunn came out to say um, that Captain Marvel. Is not Quill's father. Uh, Did they go on Mori Povich? <laughs> oh! He should have hired Mori Povich to say that. Uh, no, it was uh, just leaked and rumored that Captain Marvel is going to be Quill's father in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or Volume 2. Uh, James Gunn came out to say this is not so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also said this is the last time he'll be addressing any rumors. And also wanted to let people know that like he's a filmmaker, he loves film, and it really bothers him that these journalists do this and they say these breaking news that aren't true or maybe steal the thunder from the movie. And uh, he's not he's not happy about that. Okay, here's my take on the whole fan speculation. And hello, the, hello, hey, you put us on. Sorry, hold. I was getting a phone call, so I put the Skype call on hold, and I couldn't figure out how to get back to it. Well, you're back. You're back. And, and when we're talking about James Gunn reacting negatively to the, you know, movie journalists 
and I'm putting that in quotes, you know, speculation. Because it's fan journalism, right? Well, but also these it's, guys were saying, the, the website was saying, and it's like heroic, you know, heroic blah, 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 you know, dot com, was saying that they had uh, genuine sources from inside Marvel mm-hmm. saying that this was this. They have four sources. Oh, they're scooping it. That. Yeah. They're trying to scoop it. And that's, well, the thing is, fans get excited about these properties. They want to be more in the... Because the one thing that fans like to do of these properties that are coming out is since they read the comic books and since they've been put in all the time and effort of knowing these characters, guess what? They want to know these characters more than the person coming off the street and buying their ticket on day one and sitting down. They want... You know, it's it's a nice feeling. And And that speculation should be treated as that kind of fun speculation. It's you and me sitting sitting down as kids like and saying, "Well, what do you think you got for Christmas this year?" Like and looking at yeah. a present and finding a wrapped present and like speculating. You don't go ask your mom what you got for Christmas and what's in that box because you don't want her to confirm or deny, you know, the thing that ruins the fun. So, uh, okay, no, James Gunn. I don't I, I look through her purse and read her receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Like That's like awful. moving everything in the closet. <laughs> I like to know everything beforehand. And that's, and I think that's we. I think the people involved with these properties, you know, on the movie side, that James Gunn's, I, and I think the you know these fan websites or even the journalists themselves. Listen, let's not go for confirmation. Just don't. Just have fun with the speculation. Just have fun. Do what we do. We speculate all the time. We say wild, wild accusations like, you know, I don't know, Tom, uh, Tom, Tom Hanks doesn't, doesn't go to church. church. You know, you know, not not that because I believe it. It's just fun to speculate. Uh, yeah, and I think you need to leave it open to say, hey, if you want to know X, look at this, mm-hmm. and you have the ability to choose not to find those things out. I still don't know who all the Cylons are because I haven't finished oh, watching. The Cylons are so oh. good. I haven't that finished was one watching of those that. Things that at the time, I wasn't watching Battlestar Galactica, so I didn't care about it. They're so unfortunately, all along. I do know. And now, like, not that I've been actively watching, but since I did start, like when we were oh, going so through good. it, that show was so good. It pains me, like, all. But along. I know, like, I will get to see that kind of payoff. Because they're all along the Watchtower, John. It really, it really pissed me off when they took that. I wish they had let me know that they were taking it off Netflix, because oh. I was like, I didn't get to finish watching it. Because we watched, like, like three or four seasons. Did, yeah. did you watch like, him bring down the eagle? In, like, three weeks. Like, Oh, we, yeah, that that's, like, the coolest thing Edward James almost has ever done. Bringing, uh, yeah, putting putting the bird right in the atmosphere. Just yeah. putting this the Galactica right in the atmosphere to drop the bird to go launch the Vipers. Yeah. Oh, that was cool to see him. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. So good. Just like his fat son. Oh. And then all of a sudden... Not so fat. He's, he's working out. Yeah, it was like two things. Like I think I'm going to work out, and then it shows him like I worked out, and he's skinny again. He's ripped. What's funny is uh, Eric and I watch a show. My friend Eric, my buddy Eric, um, and in that scene, he's then putting something like his clothes in a duffel bag, and Eric's like, "That's his fat suit that he's putting in that duffel bag." <laughs> Ah, oh, so glad that it worked out. Never let me get that fat again. Stuff, stuff, stuff. And I like they showed him, like, just, like, they actually showed him just eating something. Like, ah, I'm kind of fat. My suit's tight. 
Now I'm going to put this thing up to my lips and take a bite. They really sold that, him being fat. <laughs> Got soft. But anyways, you have the ability to pick and choose what you look into. Paul, a lot of times before movies mm-hmm. that he wants to see come out, he cuts off all trailers, all watching of it, doesn't want to know anything more. Uh, and I, I found myself actually following in suit and doing the same thing. Yeah, because you're already like, stoked for the movie. Because I, I like to devour <clears throat> as much as I can on some things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain movies that I don't want ruined or spoiled. You know, that's why I don't want to see Spider-Man, kind of to go back to what we were talking mm-hmm. about before. Or, like, I haven't mm-hmm. read the reviews of Good Dinosaur. Like, I'm, I'm okay with what I've seen. I don't want to know any more before I actually see the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. It's hey, we it's a we're an American podcast, so sorry. Um we just had Thanksgiving. You don't go and eat a turkey sandwich Paul, before so we're sitting first, down. Paul, I'm sorry, but the first thing about being an American podcast is you never apologize for it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we're American, goddammit. And you don't sit down and eat a turkey sandwich before sitting down to eating Thanksgiving dinner. You know, you don't do that. You don't like, oh, well, I'm really excited for Thanksgiving dinner. Let me have a couple slices of turkey before I sit down and eat Thanksgiving dinner. I had so some, why why do you want to spoil Why do you want to do basically the same thing for movies? I had wasabi cheese with some crackers before Thanksgiving dinner. Is that okay? That's okay. okay. You know why? I'm not going to have that for Thanksgiving dinner. We didn't. We had it for it's a unrelated. little snack beforehand. It's an appetizer. It's unrelated. I had a roast beef it's sandwich. Like watching a trailer for a different movie. I had a roast beef sandwich the day before Thanksgiving. Is that okay? Ooh. Yes. Well, where was it from? Uh, it was like deli sandwich. Uh, you made it yourself? Did you have au jus was, or gravy? It was free at work. Au jus or gravy? Uh, horseradish with ranch dressing. And, okay. And rippled potato chips. Oh, right in there? Right on the sandwich. Philly style. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. No, so who else like to do that? Put Jesus. The chips. Tom chips, Hanks. Chips right on the sandwich. Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, man. How did he get me your fiancé again? <laughs> I drugged her. Uh, Bill Cosby jokes. They never get old. Unlike Bill Cosby. Uh, so does, get, does get old like every human being? <laughs> you know what doesn't get old, though? World of Warcraft. Just No, I think it has. Yeah, it, it has, but guess what it's going to do? Come up with an update to make it young again. Uh, World just came War- out with an update this year. Yeah, uh, well, the, the, well, with World of Warcraft, they have patches mm-hmm. pretty often that um, you know introduce some small changes to the game. It might give you a new dungeon or a raid or something to um, some fresh weapons, something something to kind of keep the game from getting stale between those expansion packs, uh, which you get maybe you know every year or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the Warlords of Draenor comes out and before the new one, Legion, uh, they've taken a little bit of a dip in the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's to be expected. It is an 11-year-old game. It came out in 2004, 2005 in Europe, so 10 to 11 years, depending where where you're at. And it was always designed to be uh, kind of a run-on-anything kind of game. So it's never been the best-looking MMO. MMO. Because people were still saying that, um, what was the game you and I played? The Final Fantasy. Yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy XI. That one looked better. Honestly, it, it did. It, honestly, it did. Didn't have the longevity. No, because it no. was just hard to do anything in that game. But that's the thing with MMOs. Like A lot of them don't have the longevity. They have mm-hmm. 
like, look how great these graphics are, or, hey, check out these, like, <clears throat> job systems. Like, mm-hmm. everything has something going for it, but yeah. ultimately it's just kind of like a flash in the pan. But mm-hmm. World of Warcraft is kind of the one that's lingered and held on the longest. Yeah, it's it's been around, and it's the massive play. It's the only, like, large-scale MMORPG that's still charging, other than, I think... Uh, I think Elder, uh, Elder Scroll is still charging a monthly fee for it, fifteen ninety nine. Uh, I don't think so. Man, I don't well, think is that free to play now, or is there a premium that I'm thinking of? There might be, because everything else is like basically free to play. Maybe Final Fantasy has a premium model that you can pay monthly for, and Elder Scroll it does as well. But right now, if you want to play past level twenty, there's no free to play model for World of Warcraft past level twenty. <laughs> Like, you have to pay to play. I think with what World of Warcraft does, though, is it gives you that... You can get up to level 20 pretty quick, mm-hmm. but if you do have that buy-in, where you, you can just go out and buy like the most recent expansion, and they'll give you like the older content now. It's not like you mm-hmm. need to buy the base game and all the other expansions after that to get up to where you need to be. Like They've uh, kind of cut that cost down. You'll still get at least like a free month to play it for... Mm-hmm. Like the forty bucks that you put into buying the expansion, right. which I mean isn't terrible. I mean I've spent more for actual like console games that I've played for maybe eight hours and consider myself to enjoy it. So I mean a month worth of an MMO which has more stuff that you could ever possibly do in it. I think that's okay, and I know that's really not the same as having like free to play time, but. I, I kind of look at it in that way. Yeah. The thing is, with uh, World of Warcraft, it's still king. You know, even if their numbers are the lowest it's ever been since launch, it's still probably higher numbers than any other, war- you know, massively multiplayer I don't RPG. Think, I don't there. think anything beats it with yeah. its longevity. And, mm-hmm. like, even if it's dipped to, you know, only a few million players, because we've, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. and they've said, like, oh, we're down to only 6 million subscribers. You're still like, well, that's, you know, or 16 million, I'm sorry. And it was yeah. like, well, you still have 16 million people paying $15 a month. Right. Like, you're still raking in the dough. Mm-hmm. So even if it's down to 8 or even, like I said, $6 million or 6 million subscribers, you're still making a lot of money on a game that launched 11 years ago. Right. That's yeah. a long tail that nobody else <clears throat> has seen. Like that 11 years is a console generation. Like that's 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 imagining if the the launch title of a console kept on selling like month after month, 16 million copies for 20 bucks. Imagine that. Yeah. That would be the highest that would be on the NPDs every single month. That it would be crazy, but what's really crazy? They have those numbers coming in for Blizzard. That money making just fifteen dollars. And this isn't the first time that they've kind of revamped the graphics. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was about a year and a half ago. Burning Crusade. Uh, What's the one? Yeah. Well, no, even like before Warlords of Draenor, they did a complete revamp of all the character classes and like NPCs that Mm -hmm. that are in the game. I think Um, it was right before the Panda one. Well, it was Cataclysm no, it, was a it was major... After, it was after that. Because they, they went through and they did everything in the game. Mm-hmm. Well, Cataclysm, they redid the whole graphics thing to give everything a refresh. 
Well, uh, that was more I, refreshing. They didn't up any of the, like the quality. No, they did like, a ton. They everything got like the same aesthetic. But they got everything re- retextured. Everything had a new te- higher definition texture uh, palette on top of it for Cataclysm, as well as and then later on the patches they did just tweak things and also did a lot of different rebalancing for everything, like how no, you would uh, actually. But if if you go on and like just Google like World of Warcraft new character skins, like they redid everything because for the longest time if you made an orc it still looked the same as it did when they had first come out and the reason they needed to do that is because they were coming out with new character classes or new races that looked so much better than the ones that they had originally um, so they every single character in the game needed to be redone from the ground up and then all the like past items so armor weapons everything was reskinned too Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're kind of turning their attention to the world because after they redid everything else, like the different environments of the game kind of got left behind on it. From uh, Gamepedia, they said uh, one of the major features from Warlords of Draenor is the revamp initial of uh, all the player characters introduced prior to Cataclysm, except for Blood Elves, which was revamped prior in a patch. Um, so was that, and... So Warlord to Draenor, and then there's going to be updating uh, the forms for Druids and Legion. But, you know, does it, does it? So 2014, they have the different revamps here uh, from, on Gamepedia. I, I think it's good that they are going back and trying to fix up how the game actually looks, but I think really what the game needs more than anything else is just almost a new start because it's become so watered down and just yeah like condensed from what it used to be um mm-hmm. just to make it more accessible make it more accessible that over time they've just stripped away a, a lot of what made world of warcraft the mmo to beat Hmm. Yeah, I, I understand that. It is so super accessible. I don't know what I'm looking for here, John. I, I just checked into the Herc, not to interrupt everyone, but I am. Uh, but you did. And untapped, I just hit 1,000 distinct beers. Mm. Hey, congrats. Congratulations. Uh, what I was going to say about World of Warcraft, though, is they were trying to do a whole new kind of game that would for massively multiplayer Project Titan. They canceled it because I don't know if they can find a better way to do it because you got to make it hugely to make a mmo work you need a massive player base the first m you know of mmo (laughs) you need a massive player base so it has to be largely accessible so you got to make it easy to get into and just easy to keep playing and yeah maybe the hardcore players you know with the huge dungeon raids and everything like that the end game kind of keeps that hardcore base going and the crafting and everything else keeps you know the casual people playing and, and i think they struck a pretty they struck the best balance they could in world of warcraft because they hold on to the most people playing you know it's and and i don't know if this game format has anywhere left to grow without becoming some other game and you know, they introduced Hearthstone, which now makes even more money than World of Warcraft. So, 
do they even need to make another MMORPG to make money? I, I, I don't think they do. I mean, especially exactly. with something like Overwatch coming out. Yeah, which you can um, pay 50 bucks I, to play I right now. I know people that are playing the beta, and they absolutely love it. Because mm-hmm. it's so, a first-person I mean, it, there, there, there was a time, like, and it doesn't seem like it was too long ago now, where if you said Blizzard, you meant either Diablo, Warcraft, or Starcraft. But Pulse now Vikings. you mentioned, like, oh, I play Blizzard games. Mm-hmm. Like, that well's gotten so much deeper because there's so much more stuff that they have out there. And I think that is them kind of just diversifying what they can do. Mm-hmm. They, they, they always ask, is the game going to be fun? And they've canceled projects, some really large projects. Uh, Starcraft, Starcraft Ghost. Ghost. Uh, War Story, uh, War, uh, Warcraft stories. There was going to be like an action adventure game for Warcraft that got canceled. Um, but yeah, they they ask whether or not it will be fun. Um, oh man, I forgot how to pronounce this game. He asks uh, whether or not it would be fun to play PlayStation Four games on your Mac OS or P- Windows PCs. And he said, uh, "Yeah, they're currently looking into uh, getting that going with cross." Game streaming. Uh, that's Shuyu, Shiyu Yushada. Oh man, told, I had that. I told you, you got to just say it with conviction, <laughs> Paul. Nobody cares. You just yeah. say it with conviction. Uh, he put us it on a uh, tweet. Said some people asked if we plan to ver- provide remote play function to PC, and yes, we are indeed working on an official application for PC slash Mac. Happy face. Because it's Twitter. So that's cool. That is. Re- you know, because that's one of my main things. I'm not jumping into a console this generation because I have so many games on my PC that I would want to play, or vice versa, that I'd want to play from my console to my PC. That you just bought that things to play. Yeah, I got the stream play. You know, for you know that what it's regularly sold for fifty dollars. You can find you know Black Friday deals. You can find it for a lot cheaper. And yeah, I brought it in because I'm like, yeah, now I can play my PC games on my TV. Easy. So, why not? Why not? <clears throat> so, that's what I'm doing. So, so it's cool. So, it definitely is one of those, you know, weights on that scale if you're still, wait- if you're like me, waiting on the uh, new console generation, whether or not to buy one or the other. So, there you go. And I think that's news, right? That's news. I um, think that's news. So much news. So much news. So let's get right into the uh, next beer. The next beer. Uh, this is the reason you don't... Your thousandth unique beer on... Untapped. On Untapped. Right uh, there. And this is why you don't go uh, from one barley wine to another barley wine. Because really? one's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit different. You're going to get that maple. You're going to have real smooth... And then you're going to have another one that is totally shifting gears and totally different. Um, this is Herc from Flying Bison. Um, Chris, you'd said, oh, I thought I think we've had that before. This is um, one that they have had before. Okay. Uh, I had not. I haven't had it before. Um, but this is now under Flying Bison's. They call it their private stash. Because mm-hmm. the one owner of Flying Bison's got this big Fu Manchu mustache. Oh. So now these specialty beers are going under his private stash label. And he keeps them stashed away. Which mm. right now, uh, from the two that we've had, I 
enjoyed these both. You know, yeah. uh, what was the other one? The uh, other one was time that, traveler. Uh, no, it was down by the river. Down by the river, which was that real mangoey double IPA. Yeah, that was a good summer mm-hmm. double IPA. I, I really liked and this. It. Herc is a solid. Yeah, it's not. It's, it doesn't have the maple. It doesn't have everything. It else. is a solid English style barley, barley wine. wine. This is good. Um, this is. They they could basically call this line the not shit line from <laughs> Flying Bison because honestly some most of Flying Bison kind of shit. Uh yeah, and and we've had the discussion over over the years about consistency of 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 their brewing and blah blah blah. Uh, but this is a this is a really nice English kind of toffee barley wine. You get that mm-hmm. kind of toffee flavor to it. A little bit of a kind of a nuttiness there. I get nuttiness, not so much toffee because with toffee, I, I think more caramelly sweet. But I, it's, it's not a sweet... Yeah, it's not sweet. It's not a sweet toffee mm-hmm. but it is like a toffee okay. nutty kind of flavor. That's yeah, what I yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's good. It's a good mm-hmm. barley wine. Yeah. Um, it's definitely got that barley dryness dryness after you know, This isn't aftertaste. for your novice barley wine drinker you know this is something that somebody who has had lots of barley wine and is out for a specific flavor and you say oh the herc it's more of an english style i think somebody would go okay i can get behind what this is supposed to be so is it kind of like the um middle ages druid fluid that's one of my favorite barley wines Uh, because i honestly like that was really good um i think the druid fluid has a little bit more of like those like uh, kind of like candied fruit yeah. kind of it's flavor. It's like the raisin sweet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have the raisin. It really doesn't have too much sweet. Yeah. Um, There's nothing front end on this that makes it, that makes it stand out. It's all that back end barleyness that, that what John was saying, that nutty toffee flavor or that nuttiness and that barleyness that you get you know, on the back end, which is just enjoyable. 9.5%. And you can kind of like when you finish that swallow, mm-hmm. you can get a little bit of that alcohol kind of on the back mm-hmm. of the tongue now that it's warmed up just a little bit. Um, but it's not bad, but you definitely had a superior barley wine with mm-hmm. the uh, uh, double or nothing. That's a fancier one. It's you a know, They put the wings on the back of the car and, the, you know, they give you a sunroof. You guys actually have wings on them in the picture. Yeah. See? Uh, yeah, you know, they give you a CD player in there and a sunroof, and you call it. If these here. two are offered, uh, I think they're both offered in a four pack, mm-hmm. and they're the same price. Which one are you going to buy? Oh, you go with the other one, just because it's it's got it's it's got it's coming with a sunroof and a CD player, John. <laughs> and, and it's I, the same price. And I think they were probably around the same price. The double or nothing might have been a little bit more money, but you're getting. Oh, you're getting all the fancy doodads. Yeah, they're saying that I can come in and get my winter tires put on for free, you know, at the dealership. You know, how? Okay, okay let's let's go with that deal then. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, but no, the Herka, good. It's a good. I I you know, nutty English barley wine. Chris, are you excited to tell us about your next cider? Um. <laughs> I am. Uh, also, like I said, this is also from Original Sin, and this is their apricot cider. Mm, and this is a little, little, little bit more of a regular kind of rounded cider than what you get from their base cider. Um, adding that little bit of apricot to it, 
rounds out the sweetness a little bit more. It's not as dry. Okay. So it doesn't have that kind of like white wine taste to it that I got from the original um, Sin Hard Cider. I like it. Uh, a couple of the other ones I have I'm looking forward to more just because they're kind of out there flavor-wise. Apricot, it's not really an exotic fruit, but it's not something you get a lot of in other beers or like cider. So I was kind of looking forward to trying this one, but if it didn't say apricot cider on the label and I just picked this up because it was a cider, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's a cider. Like, there's really nothing stand out about it. Like, I don't get like a trail mix flavor from it, which I was kind of expecting because for some reason I equate apricots to trail mix. Um, it's really good though. I checked into this one at like a three, I think. So I put it just over the regular hard cider. Um, we were mentioning just before the show that we were both like you were in your ciders, and I was like, I've been really into ciders in the last couple of weeks too. And I've been drinking uh, Cider Boys ciders, and they have a strawberry cider, which is like pop, like sweet straw. Like you know when you have that perfectly ripe strawberry and you take a bite, yeah. and it's just like oh, mm-hmm. it was like that in your fucking cider like it was just like oh my god this is that perfect amount that, of sweet that sounds right up my alley uh last week i actually went to a board game night at someone's house what yeah uh don't worry i brought zombies oh, nice um, but uh what but did you guys play drinking a it was a cider and i can't remember it was cut like recordaling or recordaling uh-huh and it was a strawberry lime cider Ooh. That's and she good. let me take a sip of it. And, and it was strawberry lime cider. It wasn't that, like, fake syrupy candy strawberry flavor. It tasted like strawberries. But then you had a nice little tart on it from the lime. It's it's something that I've seen it out and I thought about buying, but I just grabbed something different to actually, like, drink instead. Um, being in the cider mood, I actually picked up a sampler pack of the Angry Orchard ciders just to have something to... Mm-hmm. Kind of just, and those are it, so those it are, sounds like such an alcoholic move, but just something to drink when I get home from work. Well, you know, because they're a nice like people who drink pop or this or that to have a nice little just sit, relax, sweet. It's five yeah. percent. It's not like it's gonna like you know get you drunk, but it's just a nice yeah. enjoyable <laughs> drink. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not drinking it to like to drink. It's just I like I like the taste of ciders. I've been. I had a bottle of Jameson Twelve Year out on my table here, and that's what I've been sipping on, like while I've been Christmas shopping and stuff like that, like at night, which is good. But um, oh, I had a. I was gonna. I had a segue. Oh, I was gonna ask you what board games you played at that board game night. Oh, uh, we played some Quelf and then Zombies. Okay. All right. So, so good party-ish type games. You know, all very. Easy going, all all good stuff to look forward to, much like the comic books that we're looking forward to coming out December second. A day that hey, will live in infamy. I really didn't know what you were getting at with your segue. Me either. But I got there. All right. You did. So I'm proud of you, Paul. I'm staring at John. I want him to tell me that mother book that he's gonna talk to me about. I got a one of four from Image mm-hmm. written by Brian Schumer 
and I'm no better than John though. Claudia <laughs> Belboni. And this is Blackjack Ketchum. Okay. All right. So this sounds like an anime. Oh my god! This this is the book that it's like you read it and you're like, oh yeah, that's a book for John, and it's gonna suck because they all <laughs> suck. Uh, so I'm just gonna read you the solicitation. There's that positive. John the solicitation from previews because you're gonna I'm gonna read it to you and you're gonna like, oh yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that, that's a that, John that, baby. That's a John book. All right. In a dreamlike version of the old yep. west. Okay. Yep. Tom Ketchum struggles to clear his name and stay alive when he's mistaken for wanton outlaw Blackjack Ketchum. With the aid of his talking sidearm, a secretive gambler, and a mute girl with a Winchester, Tom evades the mysterious Union and its supernatural enforcers, the Faceless Dusters, as he's forced to question his identity, his sanity, and his very existence. I kind of understand what they're saying with the secretive gambler, but I like to think of it more like this. If I were a betting man, I'd totally put five bucks down on this guy tripping over that rock coming up. You want to put down five bucks? No, no, no. If I was a betting man, I totally would. Why are you taking five bucks out of your pocket then? Well, you know, I'm just saying... If we were to bet on this, I t- I would if I were a betting man. Why are you putting it on the table and, and marking it like it, you're betting on it? I'm, I, well, I'm not a you know I'm not saying I'm betting. Just you know, it's there. If somebody wants to put another five dollars down to match it, then we can bet on it. Just saying. Like what is secret of secret of gambler? He's a secretive gambler. I think it's more secretive. it's more of the character is secretive and he's also and a he's a gambler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, you know. I don't know. I'm just in love with the spear right now. <laughs> okay. I wanted to get that it out of the way like because it's it it, it 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 it's a talking sidearm. Oh, it fucking I mean everything about it like He's ooh, betting with super, a sidearm. Supernatural sorcerers. I'm glad that it's four issues. Uh-huh. It's only four issues. Uh-huh. So if I do like it, I can commit to that. But I'm very good about one and done in these guys. And I come to you guys, I come to you guys 99% of the time. New number ones. <laughs> yep. It's not the same thing like, oh, I'm going to get Thor again or I'm going to get yeah, this. that's true. Hey. Because I am I'm, I've, I'm there. I've brought it for years yes, with these have. books. No, and, and I've wasted my money. And, but here's the thing. We know that and you always equate like, oh, you know, I, I like trying different stuff. <laughs> this is a book that when you pitch, like, pitched it. I, I was like, okay, like that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something worth checking out. Sometimes you do, it and I'm just like, we're not going to actually read this. <laughs> hey, how many times do I actually we review these books that I'm like, I'm going to pick up this new number one? Uh, not often. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, like every like every other month, I say there's one that you pick up that we do read, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not a case of like, oh, it was terrible. It's more like, eh. Yeah. Sometimes it's just because. It, that book definitely is that book, and that book nobody wanted, but it got published. <laughs> Annihilator from uh, Grant Morrison. That book was a uh, mother freaking Paul, Grant Morrison book. Paul, if, go back and listen to it because you were like, no, I, I, I like this yeah, book. It was yeah, no, it was a Grant Morrison Grant right, Morrison yeah. book as all hell, and you knew it was going to be that. I I so got like three issues. I bought like three or four issues into it, and I was just like. I'm Morrisoned out. Yep. This is too much. Too much. Can't when do they're it driving, when him, when the author 
and his creation are driving in a convertible together, having a discussion. I was like, that's it. Uh, I thought this was going to be more horror. I really no, like that. Like, after that first issue that we read for the show, like you can find it, bangboard.com, search Annihilator. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I couldn't. I was like, it's Grant Morrison. Like, it's, no. The, the singularity in Grant Morrison's world isn't that we all download our subconscious and share it on the internet. It's that we all already live in Grant Morrison's subconscious. And... We will then end up as part of the story. I'm surprised I haven't shown up in a Grant Morrison comic yet. <laughs> like, I'm surprised. I'm honestly reading Grant Morrison comics, and, and assuming that I'm going to be in one of those panels, like, interacting with myself uh, as the reader. It's. I was watching the um, that documentary made about, what, like, uh, that Superman movie that never was made. But Superman Lives. Wait, is this on Netflix or did you like? No, it was on like um, Showtime or something. Uh, You got my hopes up so fast. It's 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 a very interesting watch, but it's It's also like forty five minutes too long. Like it's like you could wrap this up a lot sooner. Like you really, they're really just pushing to make it a movie instead of just like a small documentary. Uh, but at one time, like, Grant Morrison starts talking, and I, like, nudge Caitlin. I'm like, elbow. And I'm like, that's Grant Morrison. Oh, it happened right in her boob, too. You're such an asshole. <laughs> the big enough. They can't, you can't miss him. You can't miss him. You can't miss him. How's it for you, baby? Uh, but I nudge her, and I'm like, that's Grant Morrison. And she's like, who? And I'm like, you made the game, Grant Morrison, you know, blah, 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 like, for the one special. And he's just like, yeah, like, oh, Grant yeah. quote or not. And then she just went Morrison right back. She went right back to, like, I'm letting you watch this. Don't bother me again. I'm reading or playing a game or on the internet. I love you, but leave me alone, you idiot. Yeah. Don't elbow anybody in the boob. It's not nice, John. She slaps me in the tits all the time. <laughs> well, that's because they're so damn slappable. You got like pork you, belly nips. If you ever touch me, I'm gonna knock the knock you the fuck out, Paul. By the way, <laughs> I know, Chris. What are you looking hey, forward to? Um, other than me being I, knocked out by John. Well, I mean that's that's Ooh. a strong front runner, obviously. Um, I feel terrible. Like, just I've been so busy with working, I haven't had a chance to like really keep up on comics for the last couple of weeks. So this was the first time that I actually looked at what was coming out over at a uh, at Comicsology's Polis website. But the book Robin War definitely caught my attention. What? A war with the Robins? Yes, and the solicitation doesn't really give you a lot of info except for the fact that Damian Wayne is back in Gotham. And there's Robins fighting cops, Robins fighting Robins, Robins fighting Batman. And it basically sounds like all hell kind of breaking loose. Well, they were pitching this in those, those first five issues that we were reading of... Batman and Robin Eternal, mm-hmm. like page one, like you open the cover and it's giving you like Robin War, like mm-hmm. coming, like telling you yeah, yeah. what the issues that are coming up, they're going to tie in. Like they were pitching this going, all right, you're reading this book. The like Robin War. Yeah. So yeah, this is, I think this is a book that is going to focus around our loves of like the Robins and everything. Cause we are big Robin fans. And this is uh, written by Tom King, who I think is actually working on Batman and Robin Eternal. Um, I recognize his name. I didn't have 
<coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Just inhale some dust. Ooh. I didn't get a chance to research him before we recorded, and I saw him attached to this book. I know his name from somewhere, though. Um, and then art by Kerry Randolph, who I I love his artwork. He doesn't get a lot of steady comics art. Um, he's kind of one of those more like on the fringe artists. And I actually have a sketch of Nightwing from him that I got like eight years ago at a convention that I absolutely love. Did you see Tom King, Chris? Yes. I was going to search him while you were talking. I'm sorry. Tom King. Got it. The King of Toms. I don't know. It's a Robin book. I love Robin and Robins. Uh, and I especially appreciate the fact that it looks like the Court of Owls are coming back. Oh. Mm. Well, that makes sense because they were trying to tie in the whole, like, uh, the Robins, and again, with Batman and Terminal, maybe the Robins weren't just a random act. Maybe they were made through nefarious means, you know? Because they hinted at that with... Uh, Dick Grayson being, oh, he was going to be an owl. Yeah. And then now, you know, like, oh, Mother had this whole thing planned where all the Robins were going to, yeah. It seems like it's at the that's plot line that they keep on going back to because they haven't figured out how to make it quite cool enough yet. Paul, what are you looking forward to? Well, I can't, you know, get on John's case too much about picking up number ones, you know, that just sound like he's going to like them, because I'm picking up another Harley Quinn book that's a new number (laughs) one. This is Harley's Little Black Book, number one, Uh, mostly because the art is going to be done internally, internal cover, uh, both cover work and also the internal pages, by Amanda Connor, and it's written by Amanda Connor Connor and her uh, life partner, Slash writing partner Jimmy Palmiotti. So, uh, and it's going to be a bi monthly series. It's going to be an oversized issues of team, up, team ups. And this is uh, going to be starting off with Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman. Teaming up. Uh, Sounds fun. Tom King has been the co writer on Grayson. Oh, okay. Uh, he wrote one issue of Nightwing, which was that final issue of Nightwing. Um, he wrote the seven issues of Omega Men, one book oh, of Teen Titan. That. And I didn't read that book because it killed Kyle Rayner. And fuck you. The uh, book that I didn't read, but you guys will be discussing, Vision. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't have hopes for uh, Robin, but I do have hopes for Harley's little black book. Have hopes for Robin or w- Robin Wars, uh, knowing that he wrote Vision. It, it, there's something there, but I don't know. But Harley's little black book. I finally realized uh, my kind of fascination with the Harley Quinn books right now. They're scratching that same itch that, for whatever reason, I enjoyed from Squee and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Just that over-the-top, slapsticky, violent, just kind of gross, kind of kind of morose humor. Which is weird for you. Which is weird for me. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you know... I, I forgot that you love those homicidal... I do for whatever he says. Johnny Homicidal Maniac. It's it's totally. It seems totally. That's yeah. when we thought you were really normal too, because mm-hmm. that was right when we first started hanging out. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, these folks are a lot of fun, guys. <laughs> they're crazy because <laughs> it's the over the top slapsticky, just mer- black comedy kind of thing. I love the movie Severed. You know that that you showed me, Severance. Oh yeah, yeah with Severance, the yeah. yeah, and you know that over the 
Evil Dead kind of, you know, slapsticky horror comedy kind of stuff. You know, I enjoy that kind of things. And for whatever reason, but I'm, Dead Alive, the baby made you vomit. Yeah. That was freaking gross. <laughs> so there's a line. It was just so ridiculous. I don't know so how you can take that like so serious that it makes you sick. Like the whole the whole stomach opening up. It was no, just, you were uh, vomit. You were like gagging like at the part when he was running around the park. Yeah, gross. I also had a gallbladder at that time. <laughs> So I might have been going through a gallbladder attack. That was like ten years before you had your gallbladder out. Yeah. Suffering <laughs> with the gallbladder. That's, that's how he knew. <laughs> they just don't go bad and suddenly have to get them out. They go bad for a long time. You just feel sick all the time and you're not sure why. And then you go to the doctor finally and you're they're like, Oh yeah, you have a bad gallbladder, bud. You gotta get that out. And you're like what? <laughs> They're like, hey, we just cut it out. It's fine. You we, don't need it. We cut it out. Come back in a year and a half when you get cancer in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Then you get that cut out, and you're like, okay, cool. And they never charge you. <laughs> oh. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> that doctor still has not charged me. <laughs> I've never gotten a bill. It's awesome. He cut it out of my face. <laughs> Whispering. I know. Uh, you know what we won't whisper? We're going to be drunk by the end of the show. Already. It really <laughs> happened. But now, what aren't we going to whisper? I decided again? to make it my goal to get through all five ciders. All right. You should go for it because we are. I'm, I'm three in. Uh, your, your, five, your five ciders are going to equal our last beer, which is, which is 14.2%. We've Ooh. aged it for two all years. Right. Should I talk about my third one then? Go for it. Um, next up from Original Sin is their Cherry Tree Cider. And this has a nice tartness on it. It's not that cough syrupy cherry flavor that you would expect from a cherry cider. It's an actual, like, lingering tart. Like, that kind of, like, throat coating. Um, I don't know if I'm picking up my ciders that I bought in the right order or what, but each one I've had is a little bit better than the, mm. than the last one. Um, I, I, I like this one. So by the time I'm done with these, I'm expecting to be at like a five for one of them. <laughs> You're going to love one completely. You're going to take it down uh, the altar. It, it's, it's going down <laughs> on me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, no, like, they're so far. I mean, like I'm three into the five, and they've all been good. I mean, if the worst thing you can say about one of them is like, oh, I like, you know, the mass market ciders a little bit better, that's not that bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even then, I mean, it's still like a, it's still a hard cider. Like, yeah. there's like I, I guess like the uh, Red's Apple Ale would be the only mm-hmm. one that I would be like. Yeah, I've yeah, never tried that. But it's But I like apples and I like ales, so yeah. I figure I should. But like even like I mean, like you said, uh what was the twelve pack you got of ciders? The Angry Orchard. The Angry Orchard. Yeah. I mean that's a Sam Adams mm-hmm. cider. Those are good ciders. You can't it's hard to yeah. find a bad cider. Yeah, I, I like those Mackenzie's. Mackenzie's are good. Yeah. Mackenzie's yeah. the and, Mackenzie's and cherry is like so Yeah, I was gonna say the cherry That so was sweet. a little bit more like that syrupy. Let me tell you. The Mackenzie's one, apple, just with a shot of that fireball with uh, cinnamon whiskey, just discharge that in there. Oh, so good. 
I can see that being very good. It's very good. Because it's that sweetness helps balance out the sweetness from the cinnamon whiskey. Uh, and before Paul goes into what we're drinking, uh, the reason we did this beer is Black Friday is when... Well, the Black Label comes out. Yeah. And this is the Black Labeled uh, Bourbon County from Goose Island. This is their yearly uh, brand, uh, branded stout, which is, they say brand stout, uh, aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, this is a yearly release. and this Oops, is I, I, I like it already. This is 14.2, and th- we're drinking the 2013. Okay, I, I love it already. Uh, this is the beer I spent... $25 on a four-pack mm-hmm. three years ago. I mean, you got to do it three years ago for it, too. We really like this last year. You have to put at least a year on this. Yeah. I think two years, this beer is phenomenal. Yeah. I could smell this beer forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... That the nose. first thing I did is, oh, as yeah. soon as you poured it, I went right to the nose. Uh, yeah, I took probably like three or four smells of it before I even took a sip because I was just like, this is so good. I don't understand how people don't like bourbon. Like, you know, it's like, but you get, it's like whiskey, burnt sugar, caramely on that nose. And you get the same flavor on your tongue. This after two years is as good as those voodoo breweries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really? And I mean, like those voodoo breweries were were all oh, those barrel aged beers yeah. were great, like and, the Applejack and. Um, no, we're talking about the, the Black Voodoo Daddy and the what was it, the Papa Van Winkle. Uh, it, they did they did their Imperial and Double Stout aged in Buffalo Trace and, and um, yeah, those, those were the ones Van that Winkle, were like yeah. waxed up at the top that we yeah had like a, yeah, yeah, but there was also the like Belgian ones that they did. They're the like Belgian ones, apple. and they did the stouts in the large apple brandy, mm-hmm. um, which I like that we Chris and I both enjoyed the apple <laughs> brandy stouts. Yeah, we did not yeah, like. I don't the, remember which one of those that we I didn't liked. like the. The triples, the, the, the Belgian triple aged in the apple because brandy. it just tasted mealy. Like well, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Was that the one that we didn't like? And like you traded the bottle away for something that we we loved. Yeah, we we liked it. It was the bourbon barrel aged gingerbread. It was the the yeah hard hardy woods uh, gingerbread aged in bourbon, and then just a plain gingerbread. Mm-hmm. We tried. We were able to trade both of them, which were aged as well, but. Yeah. I don't think that guy aged him, you know, he doesn't take Pardon. care of him as much, mm-hmm. as good as we do. Um, but no, this is Bourbon County. It just came out on Friday. They had sold out mm-hmm. uh, at my work. I could have walked in and, and gotten one right away, but I was fine not paying that upfront yeah. front price. I paid $25 two years ago. We drank one to say this is undrinkable mm-hmm. when you buy it. You need to sit on it. Last year, we must have drank two bottles because we only had one left now because this is delicious. Mm-hmm. Last year, I remember saying it was delicious. This year, they were only selling it in single bottles for nine ninety nine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, and, like, instead of having, like, the paper label on it, uh-huh. it was, like, a glass label don't don't yeah don't make me it was raised it looked like it was raised don't make me pay extra for the bottle yeah slap just slap a post-it note on (laughs) it and say bourbon county aged stout that's all that matters because 
you're paying a lot of money up front <laughs> for a beer that's undrinkable for another year. Well, I think Bourbon County, if you guys are out there listening to the show and you love the release and you're excited every Black Friday when it happens and you're out there doing it, seriously, get online and look for your local brewery or something you know, cl- close enough by that you don't wouldn't mind driving for these kind of releases because there's a ton of breweries that are doing these kind of bourbon age kind of things now and special releases. We went down to Voodoo Brewing, like we said, and we, fell in love with those beers. We waited 12 hours mm-hmm. in 20-degree weather to get those beers, and it was worth every hour. Well, at that point, too, I was about to, like, trade away a bunch of those bottles and then, like... I just spent the money for all twelve bottles. It was like ended up being a hundred and forty four bucks for twelve bottles, so twelve bucks a bottle. And you know the guy, the guy that brought me down was like, "Well, I'll buy some of those bottles off of you." And I'm like, "You know what? I earned those bottles. I'm keeping them all." I, and I traded. Uh-huh. I, I sold half of mine back. I yes. I traded the bombers to him. Or you know, sold them back to him, mm-hmm. and kept the single bo- some of the single bottles. Stupid choice. Uh, I regret it. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, this day. And every time I go and I go, I should see when their next bottle release is. It's always right after they have their bottle release, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I'm so stupid. Got to put it on their Outlook. I I'm like, I follow them uh-huh. on yeah, like I follow them on everything. They never really release. It's like I got to make it like a little note every month to mm-hmm. check. About when they're releasing those, because I they go, put up flyers in their brewery and that's about it. I yeah. would go back in a heartbeat. I would wait another twelve hours. Oh yeah, for those beers because they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get excited about the local places that are doing it because you'll find beers just as good as this Bourbon County release, where you can drink them maybe in six months and not a year afterwards, or maybe they'll be drinkable right then. You know, it's a good time to be a beer fan. It and, really is. And like at my at my work, and I'm not I'm, I'm not <laughs> bragging or boasting or anything, but I've become the beer guy, and I'm going to be taking care of the beers at my store. <laughs> and I'm this week. I'm going. I'm getting trained and becoming a cicerone or whatever it's called. Hey, congrats! Thank you. Uh, so not a sommelier. Not a Salmiyan, a Cercion. Cercion, okay. Uh, uh, so I'm being trained to that, and one of the managers who was one of the people who put me into this position after I had told him, like, you should put me into this position, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he asked me, oh, did you get any of that Black Friday beer? And I was like, no. And I didn't actively go for it because it's, a, it's mm-hmm. undrinkable when you buy it, and it's something you need to sit on, and... We sit on so many beers, and the beers mm-hmm. that you can spend your money on, nine ninety nine for a small yeah. bottle of this beer, mm-hmm. to me, as good as this is right now, I can spend nine ninety nine and get Anderson Valley. Yeah, a whole bomber. A whole bomber of it. And I can buy that anytime I want, mm-hmm. and it's worth it. I can spend thirteen. You can spend like a couple bucks more and get the Otter Creek Russian Imperial Stout in the four-pack. Yeah, they'll be coming back out. Yes! I know. Yes! You're welcome, guys, for telling you that. Uh, But you... I I Twittered them and said, hey, (laughs) what up? Otter Creek, no new plans yet to release this. Otter Queef? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> they were a bit of a queef for not releasing that beer every year. Uh, but even like one, uh, the Imperious Rex that we had, the uh-huh. Red Ale aged in bourbon barrels, $13. Yeah. I bought that a second time and drank it. It's delicious. Next week, we have another Clown Shoes beer. It's a blend of Imperial Stout, barley wine. Mm-hmm. The stout's been aged in bourbon, the barley wine and scotch, and blended together. Jeez. That beer was... You, what percentage is it? Uh, I don't remember. It was. I want that job where I'm the master blender. <laughs> because it's just like, pour a little bit of that in. A little bit more of that. Who, let me, who let me, runs bag and board town? <laughs> master blender. Let me take a sip. Ooh, that's pretty good. Let's try it with a little bit more of that uh, bourbon age stuff. Mm, you know what? I, I think I like the other balance better. Let's pour a little bit more of that Let's scotch age that. stuff. A little bit of that. Uh, I think we need to fire this guy. All he does is keep adding us a little bit more of this and that and keeps drinking it all. He's not setting anything up. He's drank 50% of the beer. Uh, but no, even like that cognac from... Uh, from Clown Shoes, that cognac or that mm. stout agent cognac was yeah, utterly amazing and was not as expensive as Bourbon County. You Bourbon know, County you has the, the national reach, wise. it has the, the um, name recognition now in the beer drinking and community. It, yeah, and it, when we've gone to release parties for those taps of the kegs, like they are packed. Yeah. You know, we've went to one or two of them now. Yeah. It, but it's to me, Bourbon County is not it's it's not worth the money because you can't drink it right away. When all of those mm-hmm. other beers are drinkable right away. And people don't know that it's an investment. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent twenty five dollars two years ago. I have I've made my return on that investment. Yeah. I, I've talked to about aging beers before with people and they're like, No, I shouldn't have to age the beer, the beer should age me. <laughs> you know, it's like what? All right. I don't know how many yeah, people I've talked off. to who are like, oh, I got some of that beer. And then two days later, I'm like, did you try it? Like, I had to give it away. It was, no, it wasn't very good. No, it's, yeah. And I'm like, goes, well, yeah. why didn't you give it to me, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your brother? And I don't like him. Knob Creek. Who's your brother and where does he live? Knob Creek. Who's your brother and what does he do? <laughs> We're Knob- going to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> Knob Creek has a commercial out right now, and it's like, you know, we, we have a guarantee. If you don't like our bourbon, send us back the the undrunk and the unused portion, and we'll drink it for you. <laughs> Knob Creek's not bad. Yeah. Knob Creek's yeah. all right. But now, we have a very special moment for you. And now, a dramatic reading of The Punisher, number 20, The End, page 13. Panel 2. Welcome to the end of the world. And that was a dramatic reading from The Punisher, number 20, page 13, panel 2. Paul totally brought the boot down on that <laughs> yeah, one. I had to. I was thinking about going to Wacky and Zany, but you know what? I, I knew what to read they were going for, what they were looking for. It's like one of the last words that The Punisher says before he dies. Ah, oh, spoilers! Well, it's, it's Punisher at the end. So spoilers, spoiled. Uh, and guess what? 
full spoiler warning is on now because we are going to be reading well we read these books and now we're going to be reviewing these books so if you have yet to or if you're interested in and you want to know our opinion just hey be warned we might spoil some things for you they're number one issues so guess what they're going to end in a cliffhanger to try to get you to buy number two so i don't know how much spoilers there really is in the right number one uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna just say, guys, I want to go with my pick that was uh, Black Knight number mm-hmm. one, written by uh, Frank Terry, <coughs> artist uh, Luca Pizzari, because this is the worst book okay. ever. Okay, I hate this. You said book. you wanted to get into your pick first. I was like, oh, I I I could talk about it, but I don't want to. This is so poorly written. The art is not very good, but this book is so fucking stupid. I got so mad while reading this because I was just like, you don't need to be doing the way where the way huh? this book is. I'm so I'm like so buzzed. What county and are you I'm in? So angry. I'm in Bourbon County. <laughs> this is going to be so good with pumpkin pie. Oh, I don't even like pumpkin pie, but I'm down for that. This book is all told from kind of the Black Knight's kind of like look back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's no, no, he can't call it a look back. That's <laughs> but it's his perspective. But it's like an imaginary. It's, it's perspective. from his perspective that he's recording into a recorder. But this Black Knight, damn it, Black Knight, don't do a podcast. <laughs> That's our thing. Uh, Black Knight's stealing all of our stuff. Pretty soon he's going to be drinking our bourbon aged beer. What do you think he's defending, John? Uh, what do you think is in that castle? Here's the he's thing. Wine cellar. This book is so poorly written because this is the Black Knight who, in a flashback to like six months ago, goes in, murders the king of Weird World, <laughs> takes over, makes the king's prince son his bodyguard. Mm-hmm. But then is like when the bodyguard starts fighting the spear, who's like his second in command. He's like, "Come on, guys, let's be friends. There's no fighting here." But you just like blatantly murdered his father. Yeah. And is like, now I'm the king. This book has humor that doesn't need to be there. This book should just be a like a fantasy story. It does not need to be told with these little flashback quips and his overarching like that's the spear she's this she's a hell of a fighter none of that needs to be in there it's so poorly written and one of the reasons i'm mad is if you guys remember back when we made our avenger teams i like the black knight Mm -hmm. i like him i'm so excited for this book and it's so excited for you like this was your pick for the list too yeah. It was shit. This book is shit. I kept the on... book looks like shit. Yeah. The book is stupid. And then when he kept saying invaders, I was like, oh, I bet he's probably talking about Captain America and like other people. And then they show up at the end. And then he's like, oh, I gotta go kill them. But no, you're the guy that was like, guys, don't fight. Let's be peaceful and happy. Well, I'm going to collect all these relics. Oh, they're coming to bring me back? I'm going to kill all of them. It's stupid. Poorly written, poorly drawn. I hated every minute of this book. It's poorly drawn because it's on weird world. 
It's weird. Right? No, it's it's well, just like an awkward. If you if you tilted style. if you tilted the Marvel bullpen of artist over whatever fell out is who was going to draw world weird world. And here's the I'm thing. Really pretty sure that's how it works. I had read probably like a little bit of this. I probably read maybe three four pages of this book, and then I read Spider Woman. And I read those other books before I finished this because I remembered this afternoon that it's like, I don't think I finished reading Black Knight. <laughs> and then I went and read it. And halfway through it, and I was, you got mad. Halfway through it, I was like, Spider Woman was such an amazing book. Mm-hmm. And she's pregnant. She's like on maternity leave yes. halfway through the book through the rest of the book and I'm like that was a better book than this this book could have been so good and they took a shit on um, this book John I'm, I'm going to jump in here because I didn't want to dislike this book because I really enjoyed when Black Knight showed up in Shield number one um, for Mark Wade if, like, uh, it was like last year now and I know this was your baby and you were looking forward to this book but I literally fell asleep in this book <laughs> And that's why when you sent me that text that about recording, I was like, ready whenever you were. It took me like 20 minutes to get back to you because I fell asleep reading it. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, oh, should I have to, I have to finish reading this? Uh, if you had, and then I sent you the text and I was like, let me just get ready. If you had said, uh, I didn't finish reading it, I fell asleep, I would have been like, don't fucking bother. No, like... That's the- Fourth we, we, F-bomb oh, dropped this I episode. am so no, mad about was, this book, <laughs> and I'm so S- drunk. He S-bombed like 20 times. But no, it's it's not what I would have wanted. It's not what I think this character deserves. I I didn't like it, and I'm actually more excited to talk about the visions for like the 30 seconds that we'll talk about that. Yeah, this, the visions was not very good either. This is not what well, this book does not show the Black Knight in a good light at all. Mm-hmm. It shows him. It, it's wishy-washy. He's a good guy here. He's making quips. He's fun. He's like, no, let me protect you. My sword can do anything. Nothing is said... Uh, like, the Ebony Blade. This, this is what you had wrong with Saga. Is mm-hmm. I don't... And in this book, I don't need things set up to say, oh, this sword can only do this. But if two trolls are breathing fire, and then all of a sudden you just hold your sword up in the center and it shoots the flames back at them, mm-hmm. okay. But then it's like the art's so weird. is like it shows him shooting the flames back, and then all of a sudden the sword is in the ground next to him smoldering. Oh, he put it down. But it's so – and like it's like, oh, we're trying to be funny. But no, he's a cold-blooded killer. They show him beheading this king when he's begging for mercy. But he he was... Well, we don't know why he overthrew the king. Maybe he was a tyrant? A weird world? I don't know. It's or maybe so, the evidence... It doesn't matter. It's yeah. so, None of this matters. It's so poorly written. It okay. really is. Everything that they were going for this... they The character's written poorly... How they tell the story is written bad. This is one of the worst books we've ever reviewed for this show. And I'm talking worst about that. Night Force? I would read Night Force again if if somebody's like, do you want to read? I'll give you a million dollars. You have to read this book or Night Force? I would read Night Force. Wow. And not get the million dollars. 
I was going to say, like, money shouldn't be an object. This should just be like, would you rather read? <laughs> I'd rather read Night Force, to be honest. I thought this was so bad. I hated every minute. And that's why I wanted to go first, because it's so bad. And the art is so bad in it. It, it really is. Um, yeah. Paul, I, I, I don't want to throw a monkey wrench and everything, but since John didn't read this book, but you and I did, I'm talking about the vision number one okay. real quick. Yeah. Um, it's... Weird. Also, it's weird. It's not great. Mm-hmm. But there was something actually about the style of writing, not necessarily the content that it was delivering, that I actually kind of enjoyed. Really? He liked the kind of all-knowing narrator, but not telling I, I, you too much, but it was kind I of creepy do, and off-putting. Because it was a judgy narrator. It was, and I, I kind of like that because it's that narrator that's letting you in on what's happening in the book before it actually happens in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the couple that came to vis- like to visit the Vision family. Mm-hmm. And this is what they what, were What of them is going to burn their house down, like, in the next week or whatever it was? Yeah, before um, the end of our story. And it never sure. happens in that issue, so you're like, oh, they must mean whatever, whenever this book ends. <laughs> For me, that was kind of the hook, because jumping into this, I like the Vision as like a character, but I don't know who the vision is in the current Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. And apparently he's like some sort of security advisor for the president or something. And he has a family that he's created and he has kids that are going to high school. Well, this is all part of the all new, all different, all new, all different, all different, all new, all different. And all, I don't really care about Mm -hmm. any of it, but the way it was presented kind of make, made me take more note than I was really, ready or willing to mm-hmm. and i think for that it kind of gets just a like a little bit of a tip of the hat to use a uh, yeah. a colbertism like this, it, 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 it caught my attention it mm-hmm. might not keep it but i was like oh by by the end of it i was like all right like this it's an interesting book yeah it, it's interesting for a miniseries and i hope that's all it is because um, you know i i also, really don't... also written also written by tom king though so mm-hmm. you know there there's that mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm not in. You know, I was just like, ooh, like it just took so long to get going, and then when there was finally action here, and like I still, it's so creepy. The vision, what he's doing, is so creepy. He made his wife, and he, he implanted these memories in her, uh, preloaded these memories in her and the kids, and the, the, he scarlet witched them. Yeah, basically, and pretty much. And the uh, Vitrinia is like asking, "Well, why do we have to act like more like humanity?" And he has these like physical, uh, psychological, and uh, philosophical debates with her, and you know, and then they go on and do this whole thing. And I'm like, it's kind of te- it's tedious. It's a tedious read when they're debating and, whether or not to say somebody seems kind versus somebody seems nice. See, I, I kind of like that because and it's a, no, it's cool if it takes three panels. It's yeah. tedious when it takes three it's pages. Page. Like, no, I, no, I not just a that. page. It took three. Was it pages. really that long? Because I yeah. did, like guided views. Okay, um, I don't see it. Like, that's kind of what you would expect from a book from a synthesoids, like. Uh, viewpoint. Uh-huh. It's and it worked for the storytelling aspect mm-hmm. of it. It might not be great from a reader's point, but to tell that story, yeah, it it totally makes sense. No, this but is I, the creepy kid that goes home and makes his girlfriend, makes a robot girlfriend, and brings her to prom. 
but that creepy teenager is also a robot. It's just weird. And it's just like, I'm have, I have nobody to root for. When they come yeah. in, and when the execute, the Grim Reaper comes in, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who I'm with on this one. I, it, it's it's such a weird book, but it, it, it had enough to get its hooks in me. Not enough to keep reading it, but enough to be like, okay, you know what? It's, it's different. It could appeal to some people. If you're looking, um, like what, Vi- what, when Vision's giving like that couple the like tour of their house, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is the piano that was given to them by uh, Black Panther. This is the Christmas tree that Scarlet Witch gave them. Mm-hmm. This is the vase of ever flowing waters from Silver Surfer. When her house is burning down, like Bernadette wonders why was it empty, like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember her name, but the it, woman yeah. who visits it's, it's, like, all it, it's all off-putting. It's all off-putting. It reminds me almost of something like the Umbrella Academy from mm-hmm. Gerard Way, where it's that just like okay, random, like, as a matter of fact, here's what's going on behind the scenes that you can know, but the people in it aren't going to know until it's too late. Yeah, I, I enjoy that just because it's such a darker turn in the storytelling, even if the book wasn't that great. Um, coming from Weird World, if you want a, you know, uh, over-the-top fantasy book in the Marvel Universe, you have it with what Jason Aaron has been doing with his Thor series. Even going into the new, the Mighty Thor, number one. Uh, this is Thunder in Her Veins, uh, written by Jason Aaron, art by Russell Dauterman. And this is telling the story of Dr. Jane... Oh, I'm forgetting her last name. Um, but uh, she is the new Thor, but she also is suffering in the hang of cancer and undergoing chemotherapy and but, suffering. Well, suffering through chemotherapy. It, it's Jane Foster, and Foster, I yeah, kind of like the book <clears throat> more now from like viewing it with Jane Foster being like the main character more than Thor. Mm-hmm. I, because you kind of get that, like, I can I can beat Thor and not have to worry about any of this. Mm-hmm. When I read the beginning of this book, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like, I really like it. I want to go back and reread the other stuff. Why did I not read the other stuff? Mm-hmm. The thing that took me out of this book and put me to sleep was when she went to the Senate. Oh, yeah. It's the Clone uh, Wars. It is the, the Star Wars. Of the Clone Wars. Exactly. I was. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "What is this? The the pre trilogy? Like, oh my gosh!" What really bothered me about that is they actually went into the artwork then with the lettering, and then like had to put the names of the different realms <laughs> on their like space capsule chair things. Yeah, I, I I didn't like that. Like, I don't need. To have it drawn out like, oh, these are the representatives from Jotunheim. But if you go to the United Nations, you have they, the placard okay, have with the, the countries. Signs, so, you know, and there's only seven realms, so it's not like... It's a case of I already know what they're doing. I uh-huh. don't need it literally written out for me. But they would have it. There. But what I'm I, saying I know, is they, they would. But would, that, yeah, like, what, in yeah, reading but, the comic book, it was so like, just like, oh, do you want to know who's the person from Alfenheim? Like, here you go. Like, I could have told, like, they look just like the elves that died. 
Yeah. And, and here's the other thing is... But it would have the names of them. No, no I, I this, know, know, this isn't the UN where Joe Schmo is, like, watching it or attending it. There's only so many realms. They <laughs> fucking know who they are. They know who they look like. They don't need it that's written. That's racist, there. John. <laughs> that you I mean, that's don't need it. Let's, oh. let's, get, let's get back to what the those, book's about. Because you're saying that Jane Foster it. can't look like an elf? No, <laughs> she looks like a skeleton. <laughs> Well, uh, that could be a member of the realm of skeletons. skeletons. <laughs> uh, no, this book but was... The, the seeds of war are being sown throughout the different realms. <laughs> and apparently there's some senate of the realms that kind of discusses uh, yeah. the politics of everything. In, in lieu of the All-Father actually doing his damn job. Because uh, he's gone crazy. Because he's gone a little crazy and locked himself in the palace. Uh, the The... Uh, ruler, they, they, the representatives of each realm have come together to di- kind of discuss the defense of the realms, and you know, kind of try to quabble their agreements out between each other. Well, before they would just go to the All Father of Midgard or of uh, Asgard to get these things settled. Uh, to me, I Vision and Black Knight were new books. Mm-hmm. These are the reissuing of previous story uh nova Mm -hmm. spider woman and mighty thor got new number ones put up here this is the only book that feels like it's explaining to you what's been going on Mm -hmm. where spider woman and nova reading those issues made me go i need to go read those (laughs) this is so good Man, I need to jump back. I need to go and read those. I'm glad that, you know, Chris was buying Spider-Man for a while, and I can go do that. Mm-hmm. You were buying Nova for a little bit. But these were books that I I loved both of those mm-hmm. books, and I was like, I haven't even been reading these books. And it didn't dumb it down for me. It just said, this is the book. This mm-hmm. is what it's going on. Catch up. Yeah. And this is the book that's catching you up, and that's what took me out of this book. Oh, because it was a little slower. Okay, but knowing that the War of the Realms is coming, and it's uh, Jason Aaron writing it, and, be, and he trust? Was, and he was setting the War of the Realms up mm-hmm. back with you know God of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a book that's been coming like what three years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, I want to read it because it slowed down in the beginning. I literally was planning on reading all of these books last night, and I got to the Senate part. <laughs> and I was like, nope, I'm done with this. Click, went to bed. Woke up, then I was like, oh, I gotta read these. Finished reading it. But isn't it cool that there's a Senate of the Realms and then there's a Senate no, of Evil? That, that's, oh, there's a Senate of Evil, guys! Well, okay, okay I, I did appreciate that. The, the Yawning the, Void! Like, the uh, dichotomy there, like, yeah, like, the bad guys do have their own, and then, like, Oh, they're pawns, like, or not pawn, but, like, they're ace in the hole. It's like Loki, like. Mm-hmm. He might it, join. It makes sense. Loki oh, might join. Um, I don't know. Representative Asgard, hey. I would pick up issue two of Spider-Woman and Nova if you guys didn't pick them up. Issue two of Mighty Thor, I wouldn't pick up. Mm. I would possibly read when the story arc is over if you bought them all. I'd read them then, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't read this month to month. Okay. Uh, See, I missed like the last couple issues of Thor, 
Mm-hmm. I, I've, I haven't but, read and, any and since any that first besides issue. The fact that I just I didn't read them. So jumping back into this kind of was like, okay, there's some stuff that happened that I wasn't aware of, but it, it was just getting right back into it, and it reminded me of like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed reading Jason Heron's Thor. Like I need to go back and read those like three issues that I didn't because I loved this book. And Russell Dodderman, knockout on art. Like it looks mm-hmm. so good, but his transformations from Jane Foster to Thor or Thor to Jane Foster, like it's like Steve McNiven. Like there's such a nice flow mm-hmm. to it. And like, it's not overly um, line driven. Like, and for that, I mean, like, if you look at her hair and kind of how it swirls into, like, the bandana that, like, Jane's wearing, like, it's just so liquid and clean. I, I love it. Um, he, what I noticed, like, it, it popped out at me is some of his panels, he's starting to get into, um, I want, I can't think, uh, Frazier. Oh, Fraser, uh, uh, the guy from from Zombie, Zombie. Yeah, he's starting to get some of that shading in, and some of the thing, and some of the panels where I'm like, it was it that was taking me out of the artwork because I was seeing it as how you see it, Chris, very flat. Mm-hmm. And I can like I'll, I'll I'll send you guys some pictures of that just so you know what like what I'm talking about. But I was like, oh, with this panel here. Yeah, I can see what Chris was always talking about. Um, but no, the art does look it does look very it it's good. I, I like it a lot, especially like the panels where you have the uh, elf corpses in space, like tearing mm-hmm. through the space station. Like that spread, I was like, wow! Like this this is big, heavy artwork, but it's not yeah. characters that you know or necessarily care about, but it's extremely well done. Talking about characters, I do have to ask. Jane Foster, uh, other than her having cancer, what's her character? She comes across as what? Like, not quite self-assured, not quite doubting herself, but just somebody that's sick, right? Like, Right now, all her character is is the cancer that she's battling, which is, I think, kind of. Which it's was, like, oh, do I am I do I be Thor mm-hmm. or do I try to fight this illness? Mm-hmm. I wish there was more of a dynamic, and I think it'll come up more because when I first was reading the new Thor, uh, I was like, oh man, this character is so much fun. She's kind of like trying to find her way with these powers and understand what she's doing. And in this book, you know, I, I, I get a Gene, uh, Gene Foster that's very vanilla, except for the cancer, which is on, which is understandable because is this basically... How, is this how the other, like the previous... No, no, because this is the first time we're really seeing, you know... We, it, it's, that it's Jane Foster? Yeah, yeah. That, you know, her going through the chemo and everything. Um, um, my thing is, is, is this Thor in the aspect that... She has all the memories and f- the ability to fight yeah. as Thor did. Yeah, she when- just kind of 
she does things with the hammer that she doesn't even realize. She like she's just doing it. Like it's second nature. It's like muscle memory. You know, a lot of the times when she's fighting and okay. doing things. So she with has the like the warrior ability mm-hmm. of Thor inside her. Because yeah. that's what I was wondering is because they have all like this false Thor, blah blah blah. Yeah. But if Thor is like this entity that she becomes, much like the Thor with the axe when he has the hammer becomes this all good. Mm-hmm person that was one of the questions i had about this which wasn't they set up a lot of bullshit in this book but they didn't give me that information because this is like the bridge between Mm -hmm. the two volumes before this and now this new volume which took me a bit out of the book and honestly like to kind of go back to your question paul for me jane foster is just a person that knows Thor because mm-hmm. I honestly didn't even know who she was before we got the actual movie. Because mm-hmm. none of us read e- Thor. Even in that, like she was yeah, just like, true. yeah, she was like that human character. That's kind of your gateway into that world. Like no matter like who she is or what she does, like you're still kind of ground level with her. So to kind of have that character as Thor, it's like more like, oh, she's a normal person, and here she is in that. Like, with these abilities now. But even then, they played it, like, so much as that mystery for the first, what was, like, eight issues where you didn't know who was actually Thor. And you were dealing with that, like, oh, I don't know what I'm capable of. This is all new to me. That they still made Thor accessible, even without having it be a character that you know. (laughs) And I think now what they're doing is they're using the fact that, like, oh, it's someone you have just, like, some semblance of knowledge of and with to kind of segue you into that. And like, here's her struggles. It's kind of humanizing the human a little bit more. Cause who obviously who would want to be Thor over the person that's, you know, going through chemotherapy and like, like she says, injecting poison in her veins to try to kill the cancer cells. Yeah. yeah. Like where's the winning in that besides just like, God of Thunder. It's a much darker story than I think you can really focus on because so much of it is based off of like, oh, now there's like the war of the realms when inside her body she even just has like the war of her own cells going on. It's hmm. a good way to put it. But Thank also, you. would you. Why is she even doing chemo? Because Cause as soon as yeah. she turns into Thor, her body rejects it and it doesn't heal it because she's had well, the cancer so long. That's the question that she's asking herself, though. And I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's her, kind that's of the, the do you, do you that, give yeah. up to be stronger or do you be strong to be who you are? But if she's still Jane Foster when she's Thor. The cancer's still there when she's Thor. Yeah, she but, says that. She says that that hammer transforms her to Thor, and the cancer is part of her. But so, she's not as she's not as frail. Well, yeah, because she's not having she doesn't have poison pumped through her veins. Like it's yeah, but she's cancer not, doesn't necessarily make you feel sick. It's the treatment that makes you feel yeah, sick. Yeah, but yeah. the as we said, the skeleton woman that mm-hmm. is sitting there having that. Yeah. That is her physical being mm. when she's not Thor. Right. 
why would you become Jane Foster? Well, because to be, to be the representative of Midgar and to have her life outside of Thor. Those are the two reasons. But, and she doesn't want to be Thor forever. She wants to be Jane Foster. Then she needs to stop being Thor to go through her chemo. But there's too many lives that depend on her being Thor. But there's other people that could pick up that hammer. It, is there? There's yeah, be, we, I, right? I haven't seen them. We haven't seen them. There's well, we a frog. Because, because they there's haven't. a frog and there's Beta Ray Bill. Well, bring me some Beta Ray Bill. Because Thor himself can't even pick it up right now. But honestly, I mean, that's that's the hook. That's what's really exactly, yeah. catching my, my mm-hmm. attention. You know? and, and that's that's the story of this character is she's doing the, the job nobody game. else can be do, and it's costing her her life. It is. I'm, I'm sorry if this just went back to being like, oh, Thor is Thor, and here's his wacky mm-hmm. adventures. I think we probably would have fallen off yeah. of it. Nothing against Jason Aaron. I, I yeah. think we've all just expressed how much we love him and what he can do. This is a good but, analogy for anybody that picks up yeah. the hammer and or shield. For you know, a soldier goes out and, be, and becomes a soldier. And, and is on that wall to you know kind of paraphrase from a few good men because they feel like they're the person that can do it and nobody else will right so and that sacrifices they can sacrifice a lot of their own life because of it and they're sacrificing and they're killing off that normal life that they would have if they didn't you know uh, volunteer for that position so it's a good I think it's a very interesting uh, analogy to that it's her slowly her her allowing herself to die to do a job that nobody else can yep and like that's what i was yeah putting out there to answer like chris's question and i mean it's Uh, it's not a bad book Mm -hmm. but to me i had so much more fun with spider woman yeah because it's the exact opposite it's somebody that's walking away from that mantle in order to have the quote-unquote normal life. But in their world, a normal life means going to see an intergalactic doctor with eight arms. That might be a a, a, uh, oblong doula. <laughs> right? It's a doula that's going to... The, the doctor is a doula, and it's... Uh, and she was trying to set yeah, up yeah, the yeah. joke. Yeah, That's good. And it's, it's that kind of quick... And you kind of have to read the. I, I do think uh, writer Dennis Hopeless does some really good witty things that I have to read the word panels maybe once or twice to try to figure out where he was going with anything. But yeah. it's really good. Uh, and Javier Rodriguez does a great work on the pencil and colors, along with uh, Everardo Lopez on inks, to tell us a really nice, well crafted story altogether here in Spider Woman number one, which features Jessica Drew. Not the often talked about Jessica Jones right now. Uh, yeah, everyone's going crazy for Jessica Jones related okay. stuff. Uh, well, because honestly, it was going to be Jessica Drew, but Marvel said no. You have to make up. We're, we got plans for her. She's a mainstay character, so Bendis made up Jessica Jones. Um, uh, I, I I loved this book, and I, I'm glad we get the chance to talk about it now because. Mm-hmm. 
we we have a pregnant Jessica Drew who's still trying to operate mm-hmm. to keep the city safe, but doing it from the sidelines alongside Ben Urich as they use the now reformed supervillain Porcupine. Uh, I wouldn't say supervillain. Yeah, he was villainous, petty crook. I was going to bring, I have like this 1989 Captain America where he fights the porcupine, but like most of the book is not, does not involve the porcupine. This is like a couple pages at the end where he just beats the shit out of him. It's like, hey, gotcha. But it, it's, it kind of goes back to exactly kind of what you said before, Paul, where you have the superhero who's trying to step away from that life mm-hmm. to be more human yeah. and just go on maternity leave and just how hard that is to do when you're just used to that go, go, go lifestyle mm-hmm. and all of your friends and everyone kind of in your extended family is Re- a superhero as well. Yeah. It relates to you only on that one level of you being a superhero. So like when they're saying, Oh, I know this doctor. Yeah. You got to go through this weird, like, quantum loop it's like thing. alpha flight's doctor yeah but it's still through like a weird space portal like thing and like uh she's having a maternity leave with tony stark that shows up in iron man costume and the iron man suit uh, that was everybody because that was at her like party she had a maternity leave party she's in her dress she's not in her jumper her leather coat but her leather wear. She, the whole time she's talking to spider-man Who's in his costume? Spider-Man, I understand because you his have, identity is secret. You have female Thor there in her female Thor suit. Yeah, well, I, you know, I definitely rogues there wearing her hood. Everybody is there in costume except for her and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Well, I I read this page just as more like okay, who is Marvel kind of focusing on as those kind of on the outskirt characters? that are kind of like kitschy and weird because on this page you have Spider-Man, but then you also have Vision at her party, Squirrel, Squirrel Girl, Rogue, Quicksilver, Iron Man, Female Thor, Squirrel Girl, Hulkling, um, the Sam Wilson, Captain America, Wiccan, Little Kid Nova, Miss Marvel, Black Widow, Howard the Duck, Howard the Duck, um, what's her name? Reg Morales, from Thunder, not Rick Morales, uh, the the Spider Man from uh, Ultimate Spider Man, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Uh, Carol Danvers is there, but she's actually in like civilian clothing, like she's walking around in the yeah. dress. Uh, it's like just such a weird like group of characters all hanging out at this party. That I was like, okay, these are the characters that you probably have a knowledge of if you don't read just those regular like quote-unquote Marvel books. If you kind of dwell in our corner of that universe. And this like, is, these are the books that you're probably picking up. And this is the Hawkeye-ing of, you know, Spider-Woman, which we, you know, we said when we read issue one, like, what, eight months ago, ten months ago, when they relaunched this character? Yeah. Six months ago, I don't know, but it. This is even more to me. This feels even yeah. more of the Hawkeyeing of this character, which is, is it because they're having a rooftop party. Maybe, but this is probably what made me love this book even more. Mm-hmm. And they nailed it. Yeah. Where when we talked about um, 
Howard the Duck, it seemed like they were trying too hard to do that, where this book is effortlessly doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's what why I love this book. Yeah. You know why? I, I, I have my own theory, and it's I'm going to loop it back to the question I asked about Jane Foster, the character Jane Foster, other than being, having cancer, who is she? Jessica Drew here, who is she? She's an overworked, about soon-to-be mom <laughs> that can't help but be overworked. Like, that's her character, and that's relatable. You get that right away. Who's uh, Carol Danvers in this book? She's the over-nurturing friend that wants the best for her best friends. I, I do like the you know? um, the moment at the party where Carol's like, why do we hang out with these people? Yeah. <laughs> it's the why are we friends with Paul moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you, you, I, I think these characters are easily relatable. You know, absolutely, you know, uh, instantly relatable. You just get them right away and you understand it. We've all felt overworked. Chris, God knows, Chris feels overworked right now. Um, feeling the need to like just take a step back and be who you are, and not what you're expected to be through work. Uh, and what I do love is like towards the end here, where she is on her maternity mm-hmm. leave, and she's going to that Alpha Flight space mm-hmm. doctor. Maybe because she feels like that she should do the best for her child, but maybe because she ran other things to do. Uh, and she says that yeah. I'm here because I'm bored and I have nothing else to do. What I love is she's wearing her Spider Woman costume, mm-hmm. but just the jacket's open, mm-hmm. and she's just wearing like a yeah, white white like, T-shirt underneath. She's got the pregnant belly she's, she's out there. She's yeah. got a pint. Fits. She's got a pint of ice cream, but she's still like I love that she's still wearing the costume. I mean, she's got the gloves on. <laughs> the only thing she's missing are the sunglasses. I just love that. Like, eh, I'm still gonna wear the costume. It doesn't. I can't. I can't close his coat anymore. Yeah. But I'm gonna enjoy my ice cream. Well, I, I, I like when she's talking to the baby too, and she's like, "I know breakfast isn't the best meal, <laughs> but uh, you kept me up all night. I deserve this." And it's hot in New York City. <laughs> I have to say, every once in a while, like I'll go out to do, you know, run errands and everything, and I find myself wearing my quote-unquote work clothes, which are just dress slacks and a dress shirt and everything like that. But the shirt's untucked. <laughs> We're not dressed for work, guys. It's obviously Saturday. Uh, where I actually have to wear, like, I have a uh-huh. uniform shirt yeah. that I wear. I still just leave it tucked in. Like, I'll go and meet. Oh, no. Like, with my one job, I have a uniform. And as soon as, like, the gate's closed, that shirt's untucked. Like, mm-hmm. I just need that freedom. Oh, yeah. It, I, it does. Like, I'm like, I'm still the same person. I'm just tucked in. Because I've done that. I've untucked, but then I go and I feel like, well, I feel sloppy. The shirt's been tucked in all day. All right. So we've we got a character uh, in the three books that I've picked. One <laughs> that does her job because nobody else will, and it's killing her. One that's trying to step away from her job because she she needs to take time for herself, even though she loves it. And now we got a character that just damn loves his job. That you know, even during his free time, he's looking for an excuse to take to take on his uh, his responsibilities. Uh, even and in his free time, he's still a Nova, being like, "No, I knew he was the bad guy." Plus, that you know, 
how can you fly that ship? It's got no protecting to go through the... You no know. shield to go through the atmosphere. Come on. This is stupid. And this is Sam Alexander. Nova! The human rocket. Uh, and this is Nova number one. Written by uh, Sean Ryan. Artist artist uh, Corey Smith. Color artist uh, David Carell. And uh, not from yeah, Carell uh, Draw fame. I forgot how much I enjoyed Nova number one until I read Nova number one. I've I've seen the young Sam Nova in other books, like popping in here and there, but actually reading this like young superhero, it made me remember like how much I like reading young superheroes, especially now that he's no longer on the search for his dad and it's now dad and son adventure time. Spoilers, it's not really his dad, or is it? I don't know. Um, a lot of this book actually reminded me of reading Invincible. Like, the early issues, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before was, everything like, turned to shit. Yeah, it was like a father and son superhero story. Yeah, this is great! Um, don't take that away from me. Don't don't take that away, even though it's no. obviously going to take it away no, from No, it's me. definitely not. There's um, That helmet is just letting them know that there's more danger coming from outside, not internal. This... Honestly, like, I enjoyed this book a lot more than I thought I was going to, and it made me realize, like, yeah, I I should have been keeping up on Nova, even if I wasn't reading it month to month. It should have been one of those books that I was kind of just keeping in the periphery and, like, somewhat following, because I enjoyed um, Sam's, like, first debut. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, yeah. a, that was a fun book. I, I appreciated it, and it was one of those things that kind of made me take notes. I was like, oh, you know, like, the new age of Marvel's here, like, we're getting those new legacy characters. Yeah, the thing is, here in this book, it's all about the character Sam, just being a kid, hanging out with friends, and it's not Jeff Lobing us, which the first Nova issue did, which you had a problem with, Chris. Was it's, that Jeff hey, Loeb or Mark Wade? It was, it was I think Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. And it's, I'm a cool kid, look at me on my skateboard. Yeah, it was skateboarding. He was he skateboarding. skateboarded. And, 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 he, he got night thrashered. And it's, he was going to the skate park and everything else, which took you guys out of the book. And I'm like, you know what? It could be interesting. It could be fun. I still enjoyed the book. I read mm-hmm. at least, uh, I think, like, issue three or up to, yeah. like, three or four. I was buying them for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, like, this book has finally found its traction. Mm-hmm. And I do want to go back and read those books to get a little more of this character. So I already, like, I... I want to know more about this character. I want to know that bit of history because this is a character who I think is going to be around for a while and that I am going to enjoy reading. And I want to know that little bit of history with him. But with this book, you get it right away what this book is about. Mm -hmm. You don't need to read those previous issues. You get it. (laughs) This is... And I love that scene, this one page of the mom sitting home worrying, and it's 10.47. Yeah. She's just trying to take her mind off by reading a book. And she looks at the clock. Oh, it's 10.47. Reads her book a little bit more. Looks up again. Oh, it's still 10.47, and she's just worried. And she because, now, Paul, have you have you ever read Invincible? Uh, I read the first three traits of Invincible. As soon as you learn that his dad's a jerk, I'm like, oh, I'm good. Okay, because... Yeah. Because, yeah, that's the fun part. That that page is, like, almost, like, straight-up invincible just because Mm -hmm. Mark's mother is married to Omni-Man, who's, like, the greatest superhero in the world. And, like, 
she knows he's a superhero and that her son's going to have superpowers, mm-hmm. but she's still a mom. Like, she's still a wife. She's still mm-hmm. always worried about that. And that's, I think, really what put this on that Invincible level for me because I love Invincible, even though I only read it by trade. <laughs> it's strictly because I know it's one of those books that I'm going to continuously go back to and reread and just devour and have to go back to resavor it. Uh, and if you like this, I think you deserve a little bit more than just those first three days of Invincible because it does have that family aspect. Yeah, it yeah. And the superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it focuses on what happens to the family when the superhero kind of takes precedence. Yeah. That's what I was afraid of. Because I was that first trade is just like almost perfect comics for me, where it's just like the family, like, oh no, I'm gonna get I'm taking my son to the guy that makes suit, super suits and we're gonna yeah. buy but, a super suit. Together. The guy that makes the super suits like makes repeated appearances throughout the series too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like he's That's there. Cool. Like Yeah, but it's just a fun kinda like, you know, invincible's level of fun. And then it gets into the you know, that deep that darker undertones were always there, like within and you know, reading it now knowing what happens in the later issues, it's all there. With the killers of the what is it, the defenders of the globe or whatever they call them. Guardians, Guardians of the globe. See, and see, that's what I love about Invincible because it does, it plays both sides of that line so well, where it can just be like, oh, it's an all-American I just superhero to, comic yeah, book. And that's all I wanted. Surface level and then, fun. And, but then it can, it just turns around. It can get so dark so quick, so quick. But it still just plays in that aesthetic where it's like that bright, fun superhero book, and you get that juxtaposition there, and it just it all works so well. Mm-hmm. And you feel for Mark so much. Like, you just, you know how hard it is to be a teenage superhero. But then you always get that light at the end of the tunnel. But then there's that last page or last panel, like, tease of, like, no, things are going to get worse. Oh, kind of like. And just, like, what keeps you going in it. Kind of like in Nova number one with Sam in that last panel. I I know. I I didn't want to just keep talking about Invincible, but. It These is books good. are like there's so much on the same level mm-hmm. that it makes me want to continue reading it because I know I love Invincible and I can now have that in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. I, I, I really have been enjoying. You know, I, I think I picked up a few more issues of Nova just past the first few um, here and there sporadically, and I'll have to go back and check. But uh, yeah, Nova number one is probably one of my this new Nova series is probably my most looked forward, most looked forward to books out of the all new, all different post cataclysm, post convergence, post secret wars, whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, this and Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. I was I enjoyed Spider Woman, the first number one that we read a little bit ago. It's going to be an alien baby, but it didn't. Right? Like it's, uh, well, we don't know who the dad is, and that was like the the sticking point. Uh, but it didn't like technical board cap bet. <laughs> tilt, tilt bet, tilt bet. Tilt bet. Next week, come with your guesses of who did daddy. Next okay, week, or why do we just say right now what we think? I have no idea if I could list a Marvel male uh, character right now. <laughs> <laughs> that could be that would have any kind of relationship with Jessica uh, Drew. I'm I'm okay with doing it next week. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I really want to get into game. power yeah. rankings, because 
Bring three. We obviously have to now. Bring three? Yeah. Three characters. Three characters. Okay. Yeah. yeah, three, you know, because we want to hit on one of them. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Right. It'll be its own separate segment. Yeah. In 286. Here we go. And uh, Facebook. You know, no, 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 Paul. Thinking about... I, I called it. We have to do power rankings for this week's books. Oh, this week's oh, books. Oh, this week's books? No, I'm talking on Facebook. They can uh, list oh, okay. their ideas as well, and we might poach from them because <laughs> you guys I'm are sorry, smart. I thought you were getting into like the whole, no, whole no. show wrap-up. No, so. because I, I want more listener interaction. I really do. Yeah, we love that. Uh, Jonathan Winchester, one of the best ones with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Lauren's guest also. Uh, we, enjoy, we enjoy that, and uh, yeah. But they, but hopefully they enjoy our power rankings of this week's yes. books. So go ahead, Chris. You wanted to power rank, power rank away. Okay. Um, my number one, it, it's a book I've been enjoying since it came out, and I was surprised because it's a character that, when she was brought back to Marvel, I was like, do we really need to read Spider Woman? Um, Spider Woman number one. Everything that I've loved about Spider Woman for the past like eight months coming back. Uh, after that, it's this is where it gets hard because I really want to say Mighty Thor because it's taking everything I loved about Jason Aaron's Thor, but it's giving it a little bit more depth with the Jane Foster stuff. And then after that, I would say, um, yeah, Nova, just because it's invincible in the Marvel Universe at this point. And then I guess I have to go Vision, just because I like the style of writing, even if it's not anything else about it. I like the general tone of it. And then Black Knight, because something has to bring up the end. Hmm. And I didn't like that book at all. Um, and I didn't read Vision, so I'm going to leave that out. But uh, No, I, I think you would like it more than Black Knight, at least. Um, number one, Spider-Woman. Number two, Nova. And number three, Thor, because that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, this is a neck-and-neck neck race for one, two, three. Um, I'm just, I have to go with Nova number one, just because I've been so thirsty, so hungry uh, for these young Marvel kids. Well, that sounds gross. For, uh, <laughs> for I've been Marvel for these Marvel kids. <laughs> for fun Marvel stories that are... You know, based on family since the Fantastic Four has gone away, and Nova's in Animal Man, and Animal Man. Well, that was DC, but uh, no, I'm just saying you don't. Yeah, where else yeah. do you have a family? In this, in the <laughs> and I'm going to get with Nova, so I'm excited for that. And then Spider Woman, then the Mighty Thor, and then uh, Black Knight. Now, what books will? Because Paul Vision was in there somewhere. Paul, you you bought these books, yeah. What books are you going to keep up on? All, all three. All three? All three. Well, let me set up a subscription. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> I like and when you do this, Paul. <laughs> and hopefully easier. you've subscribed to I, us over on iTunes. I'm horrible at checking on Fridays. Fridays? The books come are, out on Wednesdays. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> what? I keep on missing them. I'm sorry, Chris. You were pitching something for us. I, I was, because I was trying to wrap it up, because I've got another show to record right now. Um, and when Paul was setting up his subscription, hopefully you subscribe to us over on the iTunes. Uh, well done. Thank you. Um, 
And while you're subscribed to us, or even if you're just downloading us here and there, we really want you to rate and review us over on iTunes. Just let people know that you are listening and that you enjoy what you listen to every week. Let it's us know. It's been a long time since we've gotten a rating and review, and Paul feeds on those. So hungry for those. Uh, we are going to continue doing this show anyways, but it's an extra little perk for us when we get those ratings and reviews, those likes over on Facebook, because it shows like, oh, hey, the, this person's listening. Like, it gives us a little extra pep for our week. Exactly. And if you want to give us extra pep, um, send us an email over at contactedbaitandbroadcast.com. Uh, let us know what you thought of this week's books or if there's something else you want us to read. Uh, check us out, bangboard.com, episode notes over there. Eventually, I'm sorry I've fallen behind. I've just been really busy with work. As well as the other show I do, which I have to record right now. Uh, we're talking about Star Wars at the Disney Parks over at uh, parksandrec.com. That'll be fun. And subscription complete. Yay! Did it end the show? 